0: That's right, they call me Booby. Welcome to Boobie's Podcast. Just kidding, welcome to a junk pile. My name is Turbigang's Nog and I am here, I'm your humble host of the uh, the junk pile here. We're coming up on episode 17000 million of the Creative Writing Podcast, and I thank you all for sticking around as long as you have and enjoying the show. The junk pile for those of you who have never experienced it before is a prologue, an epilogue, a gulag, if you will, to the Creative Writing Motorcycle Podcast. It has grown into quite a monster. We recorded for three hours this week, and that's just two and a half damn hours too much. And so we don't get to cover everything. Nineteen of us in here talking about everything. Uh, topics get kind of stretched out, you know what I'm saying? And this week, to be fair, also, it was the Motorcycle Podcasters Challenge beginning week, and I was trying to do a bunch of stuff. So I just let co-host run on with the show. So 45 hours later, I said, we got to hit stop on this thing. It's 5 the next morning. Come on, man. Like, Get real. So this is the junk pile. We're going to cover some stuff. The junk pile is kind of like where old junkie gets some things and whips them into your earlobes. I hope you're into having your earlobes have stuff whipped into them. I hear all the kids are doing it these days. So let's whip some stuff into those ears. Uh, the first thing I wanted to say was happy spring, everybody. It's finally spring has sprung. Everybody's riding. It has been a little misty and dreary here in California. It's kind of... I don't like it. But uh, it was like a 1,000 degrees two weekends ago, and now it's going to rain this weekend. What the heck? Um, Never had it any sort of inclement weather during the Motorcycle Podcasters Challenge, so I was a little bit bummed. However, not as bad as the folks at... Is it River Rat Cycle Fab? The guys that are down in Davenport, Iowa there? I saw that a whole half a town is underwater, so you guys aren't riding yet either. And it's not even snowing. How do you get fired on your day off, Craig? how do you get fired on your day off? So anyway, enough quotes about from the movie Friday. And how about some quotes about from the podcast, Creative Writing? One of the things I'm really, really, really excited to announce, and I've had this on my, let me see, I've had two junk piles here that I planned on doing. Haven't mentioned it on a damn one. So this is only junk pile number two. So here you go. I'm going to give it to you straight, folks. Mimi and Moto, I know it sounds like a couple strippers down at the Spearmint Gentleman's Club, but it is. In fact, the motorcycle monkeys riding through the alphabet. We had a chance to have Mark Augustin on, who is uh, one of the uh, co-authors of this book for kids, him and his wife, Nancy. Uh, they made this radical book called Mimi and Moto the Motorcycle Monkeys, and then now they're on round two, and they did a Kickstarter. Yours truly, uh, I donated, and I tried to donate with Patreon funds. through. Uh, I asked our patrons first, is it okay if we do this? They're like, hells yeah, this is awesome, getting motorcycles in front of little peepers, because as we know right now, the discussion for a while has been... Uh, Kids not riding motorbikes, right? So, how do we get it in front of kids? We engage them through this sort of stuff. So, Mark and Nancy are doing uh, the community's work that we should be ourselves aspiring to do. And I'm excited to announce that they were pumping out uh, update emails left and right, and left and right, and left and right. Even though uh, emails tend to go up and down, you know, they're pumping them out left and right. And they were showing you. They walked us along from step one, page A, all the way to X, Y, and Z just a few weeks ago, and I just got an email today. I recorded this segment like eighteen times already. I haven't liked the way any of them has turned out, and I hope <laughs> this is it, man. If I screw up, this is this is going out. So anyway, um, got an email that they have sent it off to the press. So that is exciting that the book has finally made it through all the proofings, all the uh, uh, what's it called? like the illustrations had to get rendered and made and done and then scanned and double checked and all the spelling got double checked and the format and this and that, like all the stuff that it takes to make a little book come together has happened and it's finally off to the printers. And I believe when we interviewed Mark, he told us he was going to shoot for sometime around uh, May. And Marky, you are right on the money, my friend. Today is the tenth, so hallelujah, bro! So that's exciting news. Mimi and Moto shipments are going to be coming out to those Kickstarter uh, supporters who, you know, were initial. Uh, um, supporters that have volunteered or I'm sorry, that donated at a certain level, you guys are going to get, uh, whatever you had coming in the mail, man, all your treats coming to you. And I know I've got a few books coming to me, so I'm going to lovingly hand those out. I might just throw my people actually throw the book at them. Oh, I didn't even mean to do that pun. But, uh, anyway, so Mimi and Moto, awesome job. I am super stoked that this thing is going to be in my hands in a few weeks and I'm going to be able to take a look at the finished product. Um, Next thing on my list, it's springtime, like I said, we're all getting back out there on the streets, and uh, we're doing that thing, at least I think we are, I used to love this time of year, I used to really be into health and fitness, screw that crap now, right, <laughs> it's all tacos and tears from here on out, but I used to love this time of year, because at the beginning of the year, people make all these resolutions to get in shape, and they would buy all this, equip, uh, ask for you know uh, exercise equipment at Christmas, blah, 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 come, you know, five weeks after Christmas, Valentine's Day, they gave that up. (laughs) And then usually by March, April, May, they're selling their stuff. And I was like, scooping it up for basement prices on eBay and Craigslist and all that crap. So I used to love this time of year because it's the time of year we realize, hey, I'm just going to show up at the beach how I look. And why am I even bringing this up right now? A, because maybe some of you want to look good, and maybe some of you have outgrown your riding gear, and that's something you got to start paying attention to way back in December if you want it to fit in April and May when the snow clears out, right? So the deal is is that you can't just do 500,000 push-ups two weeks before it's beach body season and expect to show up with ripped biceps and smoking abs and big old luscious booty for all you ladies. Um you got to start doing this months in advance. And so I was thinking about people riding now that spring has sprung and we're all getting out there on our bikes for the first time. Same sort of deal, dude, dial it back just a little bit. You may be uh Giacomo Agostini or a legendary Mr. Redman, but you get out there and maybe don't try to set a lap record in traffic this weekend when you're out there doing some cool rides. And, um, Treat your bike well. Your bike's been sitting around too. Your bike is that. <laughs> your bike is out of shape. Thor going to the beach for the first time. You know, whipping off its clothes. And hey, guess what? Maybe it's been smooshing on some tacos over uh, over winter break. So don't just go out there and wreck stuff up, be it you or your bike. Be humble. Be humble for everyone's sake. I don't want you crashing and tying up traffic either. So all those cagers hate motorcycles even more. And I don't want you to get banged up and not be able to listen to the show because you have uh I don't know asphalt in your eardrums now cuz you did a cartwheel with no helmet on. Anyway, make a long story short, this is the time of year to get out and explore the world, but do it responsibly. And I just heard this awesome quote in regards to exploring the world, uh, another podcast, I don't remember the guy's name. He's a world traveler that, and he uh, I think he has a motorcycle show on the Discovery Channel or something like that, it's from what I what, I, what he said. Hell, I'm going to say that right now, too. Go look for my show on the Discovery Channel. You'll have trouble finding it. So I'm going to take this guy's word and trust that he is a some sort of minor celebrity in the motorcycle world. And he's traveled all over the place. And he said, you know, you can research all these documentaries about these places. You can look online about, you know, for us going to the desert or going to the mountains or riding to Sturgis, blah, blah, blah. And you know in in his context he was talking about the world in general and getting out on a motorcycle and getting out in the people and riding around and i'm i'm putting it to us you know no matter where you ride whether it's down the street or you're trying to do a road trip trip across the states don't do a road trip across the states that's a that's another thing entirely but he said you might learn about the world but you won't learn anything about yourself And that's what he was talking about. Like you can read a thousand things about going here and there and all the places in this big smelly ball or flat plate, depending on your views, whatever people believe nowadays, I don't care. But, uh, the thing is, is like he's he's right, 100%. You never know what's, what's going to happen if you don't get out there and put yourself in it. So when you're out there experiencing a flat tire or you run out of gas or you're going out and you meet some really cool new people or find out it's a little bit rough in a, some state or some part of town that you weren't expecting, that is how you learn about yourself and how you deal with stuff. And you're never going to learn that sitting on the couch eating nachos and uh, whatever else you guys like to eat. Probably beef steak-wrapped banana zucchinis. All right. Uh, Something else I wanted to talk about that has come to my attention was Porsche. Naughty, naughty Porsche. Naughty, naughty. I just read today that you guys have your own little diesel scandal and don't really, uh, you know, it kind of makes sense. Their uh, sister company, V-Dub, had their own, you know, it's kind of like your brother uh, lives in the same house as you. And I don't know where I was going with this. Never mind. I was going to be gross there. But anyway, uh, you know, after VW's Dieselgate was a huge thing that rocked the automotive world a few years ago. And they're paying for it dearly in like billions of dollars of fines and all sorts of, um, well, I forget what they're called, but they're almost like repercussive uh, like programs that they have to take part in and do. They have to do a certain amount of community work sort of stuff. And it's similar to what Harley-Davidson had to do. Harley-Davidson, of course, selling the super tuners that were not EPA legal, and they had been selling them for like 10 years or whatever, and they came and they slapped Harley in the face. They pulled the uh, silver golden spoon out of Harley's mouth and spanked him on the butt with it and said, listen, not only are you going to do that, but you're also going to do some community stuff. So they built like an – they planted an orchard or built like a hydroelectric dam in Minnesota or something. I I forget what they did, but the main thing being is that they did – pay the fine but they also did uh, some sort of like you know for our regressions we will basically our transgressions not our regressions for our transgressions we will do some project that influences people positively in a green way now that we've destroyed the earth by selling super tuners same thing happened with v-dub and now porsche and i guarantee that it's going to benefit us as consumers and Politics and auto manufacturing seem to be a cruel world because you mess up and down the line, everybody reaps from your benefits, right? So how are we going to reap, reap the benefits from them having crummy diesel tests and cheating? Well, as part of the uh, VW scandal, that's why everybody in Europe and their mom is over here in the States and elsewhere around the world building tons of infrastructure. And if you go back to creative com and look up the Germans are coming and maybe BMW's vision for the future, I forget what the name is of the posts were, but just search BMW in Germany and it should pop up. Uh, they had, back in 2016, a a vision for the future, and it was going to be all electric. And in my post, the Germans are coming, it was a thing about how Germany and the European Union in general, you know, this is pretty, like, right around pre-Brexit, so I I don't know how things are being influenced everywhere else. I think Europe is still a a block, so they're all still for this uh, electrification, but... Uh, basically, they're saying in the next ten years, like or 2020, we want to start this rollout, and and we're going to quit. Like Volvo is like, hey man, we're only going to make electric uh, transport trucks and stuff like that, and we're only going to make electric sedans. BMW saying that they are going to fully electric, and I believe um, it was either Audi or VW also saying that we're going to hardcore go on this, uh, you know. We're going to have a definite electric presence, um, and they've had a, quite a diesel presence. They proved that diesel and uh, hybrid, all this crazy stuff, was viable. They've been doing that for a long time. So now they're like, "Listen, electric's what we're going to do." We're all, we're all of us here in Europe are on board. And now that Dieselgate happened, and we have to do something as part of our punishment, we're just going to electrify the world so that we can sell our cars in those places. Who's benefiting from that? Of course, Nissan is Toyota is and uh, Chevy Volt. Does Ford have an electric car? They must. I mean, who doesn't nowadays, right? As motorcyclists, that's going to facilitate uh positive growth for people like Harley Davidson that are getting t- into the space energica and lightning and zero. And probably I'm guessing that Indian's going to pull the, uh, the Bramo badges off of their victory impulse and stick Indian on it at some point. But even Honda, you know, Honda has a rich history with Mugen, you know, their little buddies over there doing the electric stuff, racing TT bikes around Isle of man. And, uh, You know, they have that uh, CR. Actually, I read two different sources that says it was a CR250. One said it was a CR450 chassis, whatever it is. They just released an an, uh, kind of an update to their prototype electric dirt bike. looks pretty sweet. i seen video of it riding around in Japan somewhere. But the big news is that quietly, you know, We've seen electric stuff from Yamaha and Honda and even KTM with the e ride, right? And we haven't seen a lot from everybody else, but uh, Kawasaki sneaks in. And I just saw, car, was it a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, I guess it was a couple of weeks ago now. They have a patent filing for an electric swappable battery. The bike looks like a Ninja, and it looks pretty sweet. And I was reading this article on Electrek. (laughs) I get a lot of my electric news there. And they were talking about how bicycle batteries are pretty manageable at 12 pounds, but the... uh, motorcycle an urban electric motorcycle that tops out at 45 miles an hour has a barely manageable 35 pound battery first thing i thought of was hey nerd do some curls for pete's sake 35 pounds like one of my son's legs weighs 35 pounds i have a huge kid and i still throw him in the air when uh my failing back permits the kid's so heavy he's uh 70 something pounds and he's only seven he weighs 10 pounds per year of age that he is. So he's like 75 pounds. And uh, he's a 35-pound battery, dude. I could carry that all day. Um, try carrying a 1800cc motor around. Even a 500cc motor is heavy as I'll get out. So anyways, 35 pounds, that didn't seem too too shabby. I'm I'm quite sure. I was looking at the uh, the patent drawings for this Kawasaki, and they look pretty sweet, actually. The bike does look like a Ninja kind of looks like a Ninja 636 uh, six. um and the battery is pretty massive but the whole subframe looks like it kind of pulls out and swaps out so that we can do this thing like whenever your propane tank runs out and you run down to the store and you grab a new one and swap out your old one i think that's what they're going for here so Kawasaki sneaking in that just tells me that listen it's on the way bro like this stuff is coming and there's no doubt in my mind that, you know, with the amount of uh, electric infrastructure being created by these car companies so they can sell their stuff here, motorcyclists can only benefit. All we got to do is buy the bike. Everything else has been front loaded uh, by these diesel scandals and all this great stuff. And speaking of electric bikes and small bikes, I have a little note here. Ducati is the, or I'm sorry, the Scrambler is Ducati's Grom. Maybe I'll go off on that on a, a, at another time. But I have noticed a hell of a lot of smaller bikes around lately. And you think you might think in a Ducati Panigale is so beautiful and bitchin', but how many of those are actually on the road? And how many of those get registered and actually contribute to uh, Ducati sales? I'm guessing like 0.1%. On the other hand... When you think of a Honda, you think of a CBR 1000RR. Hell, you even think of like an Africa Twin or a Gold Wing. And how many of those actually contribute to I mean, they help, for Christ's sake, they make a R uh 213 vs right? They make like a $184,000 street bike that's like a MotoGP replica. It's super sexy, and it's super sexy to have a Ninja H2R, and it's super sexy to have a Panigale V4 and all this stuff. But do those things really sell? Do those things really carry brands? You have to sell... A couple of those, right, to make up the volume of sales, and there's nobody that can make up the volume of sales, of the Honda Grom. So I was just thinking about how we're talking about motorcycling declining, you know, kind of like I mentioned at the beginning with Mimi and Moto, with its kids, starting out with kids, but it's also pricing crap out of people's budgets, you know? And when we talked to the uh, Honda representative at, at IMS last year, finding out that the Grom is the best-selling bike worldwide for Honda and, of course, like in every market. Uh, that's not just worldwide and then not in the States. Like in the States, the Grom is the best-selling <clears throat> bike. So Ducati is really focusing. They're not focusing on the Monsters anymore or the Hyper Motards or the, even the uh, multistradas and stuff. You know what they're focusing on? They got a 400 and 800 and a 1200 scrambler like the scrambler line has basically saved Ducati's skin. Thank you hipsters for wanting a cool bike and thank you for Ducati for actually like falling back to your retro um falling back on your retro past and pulling the scrambler out and giving somebody something that they actually want. Not everybody wants a V4 Panigale. Sure they want to look at them and they're beautiful and they wouldn't mind riding one but then After that, you garage it. Ask Wiggs, dude. I bet he wouldn't want to uh, commute every day on his RC51 because he wouldn't want to twack it out and then not be able to take it to the track. You know what I'm saying? So it's very interesting. And the same thing with the Goldwing. Those things are a bajillion-dollar motorhome. They're very nice for going across country and uh, taking down to places like the El Diablo run that just happened this last weekend all the way down to Mexico and back. But guess what? Do you do that every day? Hell's no. Do you bomb around the city every day? Hell's yes. Do you want a bike that's less than 5000 bucks and you can drop it and pick it back up and it probably didn't break it? Hell's yes. And it's not 900 pounds like a Harley Davidson Bagger or or a um, Goldwing. So you can pick, actually pick it up when you drop it, right? So it's very interesting to me. And uh, I saw a Ninja 400. That's kind of also what made this rant for me. I've seen a lot of scooters and smaller bikes popping up. The weather's just nice. People are bringing them out now, and maybe they weren't riding before because who wants to ride a scooter in the rain, if, if at all, right? So I've seen a lot of scooters uh, out now. A lot of little mopeds. It's made me want to get one. I was actually looking at an XT350 the other day because I want a bike that I can take off-road, right? So yeah, little bikes, um electric bikes, all that great stuff. Getting back into shape before we get out into the world and all that great stuff. The last thing I want to say before we get into our segment with Wiggins is the Isle of Man is coming up in just a couple of weeks, which means Pike's Peak is right after that. It's one of my favorite road races in the world. And uh, this is, well, it's not the fastest. It just became the fastest, I think, last year. Um, was it Dean Harrison, I think, set like the a 135? Uh, everyone always says Guy Martin. Guy Schmartin, Guy Farton, Dude, that guy has never even, I don't even know if he's ever podiumed at the Isle of Man. He's never won it. Maybe he podiumed. But, um, yeah, like you're... I just listened to a thing uh, the other day where I think it was Cleveland Moto, and they were talking about the fastest guy at the Isle of Man, man, Guy Martin, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Guy Martin, Guy Schmartin, Uh, big old 45 or 46-year-old John McGinnis. Uh, Maybe he's only 44. I'm sorry, John. Uh, At any rate, I know he's over 40. He has won a gang of times, you know? And he's even said, like, I'm just getting fatter as I get older, but he keeps winning. And Ian Hutchinson and Michael Dunlop, like, these guys are big names. And then... Yeah, Dean, Harrison, and there's another guy I can't think of, like Skinner or something like that. Those two guys actually set 135s last year at the Isle of Man. So those are the guys I'm going to be looking at this year and keeping my eye on, along with Michael Dunlop and Ian Hutchinson, because previously they had set the fastest lap. So check it out. It's also a uh, very, very famous for the Dunlops, right? Um, famously, Joey Dunlop is the master of the TT and ironically everyone remembers him for that but he didn't even pass away there or crash there he uh he passed away on a 125 in Estonia at Tallinnin or Tallinnin I don't know the name how to pronounce it but he was qualifying in a 125 race in Estonia when he biffed it and uh, gave up the ghost quite literally that was in 2000 2008 his brother Robert which is Michael's dad um He was on a 250 at, I think he was in the Northwest 200 and he crashed and I think Michael went, Michael was in that race and he passed. He didn't know who it was, I guess, when he passed the wreckage and he went on to win that race and so that was awesome and, you know, sat tragic and happy at the same time. I just read his biography called Road Racer, It's in My Blood, just a few, like right around November, December. Awesome book, awesome book. And it was prepping me for this year's uh, TT, you know? And so his brother, William, also passed away 10 years later, just last year, 2018. And uh, he was in scaries. So although Isle of Man is hyped up as like the super dangerous race and the world's fastest road race, it wasn't until last year when they bumped the uh, 135 um, uh, average lap time. And it's also not where uh, the Dunlops any Dunlops have ever passed away. They've mastered that mountain, but uh, at any rate, yeah, it's it's an interesting story, and it just makes for that much more drama uh, knowing that the race is just right around the corner. It's like two weeks away, and little known. Fact, the Isle of Man is its own country. <laughs> it's not Ireland, it's not Scotland, England, or Wales. It is man. So the Manx TT also happens right after that, which is like the uh, classic and not crazy, you know, the Isle of Man TT and the Manx TT are separate things, so you got to know that too. It's uh, There's like a whole... F- uh, fortnight of the tt and then there's like whole Fortnite a couple weeks later of the classic tt and the manx tt and all that great stuff so it's like a whole month of racing on that island uh and it's just an incredible story so check it out and now we all love him we all know him we i miss him he hasn't been in the studio for a couple of weeks now it's wiggity and he, Wiggity McGiggity is coming up, and he's been on the road. He's gonna be racing out tomorrow at the Paris Half Mile in the Super Duper Hooligans class, I believe. So go check him out if you're in the area. And I'm gonna try and make it out there, Wiggs. I certainly am, and I just want to support you. And if I can't make it for some reason, um, I'm gonna watch you on Fan's Choice. But my plans—it's only an hour away. It's like I'm just gonna plan on being getting down there. And uh, so check him out Wigs McGiggs Here he is talking about his trip to Tennessee In this uh, smoky mountain Harley-Davidson, I believe uh, Tennessee Super Hooligan Round Take it away, Wig
1: Alright, listeners I thought today um, I'd talk a little bit about What it takes to get prepared for a race or a track day. Um, this will even probably translate a lot to like when Jay's talking about moto camping and stuff like that. So I'm on my way right now. I'm on interstate 40, uh, eastbound hammer down sprinter van, three bikes inside, one bike on a rack, decided to ditch the trailer. Most stuff was last minute. I spent, uh, I was gone from home a little over 12 hours yesterday just trying to load up because everything was a mess. Um, so, and then that kind of, like, a, a, I think inspired this. Like, what, you know, what does it take to get to a race, whether it's across town or, in this case right now, across country? So, I think first and foremost, um, you know, you want to make sure your bike's ready to go. Um, I would also assume that most of you are pretty last minute with that. You know, I know No Nitrous, Nitrous Chris is is rebuilding a lot of his bike, taking the nitrous off, putting a turbo on it, and I'm sure he'd love to have it done already, but I also know there's little tiny tweaks all the time. You gotta make a bracket, you gotta change something, This you gotta find out where to run this wire because it's in the wrong place, so... My bike was actually pretty good, but uh, this the race in Tennessee is a half mile bank clay track. Um, for those that don't know, clay is a lot stickier surface than what we're used to in Southern California. A lot of times we run uh, decomposed granite. And then, uh, or you'll hear, you know, maybe we talk about it on the show a little bit, but in flat track stuff where they talk about a cush track. Kush is a lot of times granite or shell. And it's basically a looser, sandier type surface. And clay, it's a lot more popular and common on car tracks because they like the kind of stuff. Clay is just sticky. It needs to be kind of wet. It gets hard. It takes a lot of rubber down and creates a almost pavement like surface. Personally, I love clay tracks. Um, Salem, Oregon is a little tiny covered clay track. Um, Castle Rock where Dirtquake USA was held for a few years is a bigger, but a clay track. Um, Paris Auto Speedway that I have a race coming up to is clay. Lodi that I have a race coming up to is clay. Um, they're just for me, they're a lot of fun. I don't know what it is. The speed's part of it. Um, they're smooth. The front of the bike feels good. Um and to me to ride a cush track correct takes a whole new level of rider um it's just i don't know if it's harder because a lot of people that are good on cush tracks don't like clay tracks so i personally like clay tracks because i'm more comfortable on them whatever so i decided i wanted to do a 1250 kit so a few months ago i bought some buell xb12 heads from a guy on ebay and his name is escaping me i need to look it up because he gave me a good deal and um it's like xb specialty or some shit like that i mean the guy like specializes in buell stuff and sportster stuff or putting buell stuff on sportster stuff and buells in general so um I found some Buell heads, they were pretty affordable. I think they were right around like 500 bucks for a set of heads, um, complete. So a little bit money more, like 30 or 40 bucks. And he put new springs and stuff in it. And then for cost, uh, he gave me new valves and everything because of the racing. So I kind of lucked out there. And um, so I think I spent around 650 bucks, which. For some of you might sound like a lot and for some of you around racing you're like oh my god i can't believe that's all for a good set of heads so you know whatever that's what it took um i had pretty good heads but i couldn't go 1250 and i was getting to the point where i wanted to build a badass motor sometimes i want to build a backup bike to have like one really kind of tuned one and one that's a little more mild and a little more reliable and but you know trusty rusty's been good so i gave her some new jugs and new heads so i put a sns 1250 kit in it of course that got finished up like this week so not a big deal uh i had to cut a front motor mount make a couple changes on thursday um after the bike was back together to get it fully together but it is what it is couple like i said a couple little small things like the breather bolt for the air cleaners. A lot of old bikes, or a lot of new bikes, have a smaller diameter in the Harleys. And a lot of old ones had a larger diameter. And um, if you're not familiar with a Harley on the right side where the air cleaner is, both heads have a little breather hole that drains into the air cleaner. Um, Buells don't have it, so the guy drilled and tapped it. It's a half 13. Not a big deal. Again, this is what he does. He seemed pretty knowledgeable about it. I'm super happy so far with the heads. Um, You know, I mean... I didn't have him do any porting and polishing, although my old man was like, oh, you know, we could have cleaned it up a little bit. And I guess I probably could have left him in the box, shipped him to my dad, had him clean up the intake, or, uh, yeah, and then kind of smooth out, polish the exhaust, but whatever. Sometimes I'm a fucking idiot. So, but they're pretty good heads overall. So he drilled the breather bolts, no big deal. So I'm like, oh, we just need these adapters that I used to be able to get at work. So I have one set and my old heads. I pulled them out and uh, they wouldn't go in. So I'm like, well, that's fucking weird. So we're checking everything. I run a tap in there. Pretty damn clean threads. No big deal. Okay. So come to find out, I don't know what it is about what Harley does, but it's almost like they drill it oversized and then tap it. So you don't have a full thread contact. So these adapters, when I looked at them, the bottom of the thread wasn't pointed. Um, Should have been or you know for most things it is so I had to take these little half inch long half 13 um, adapters and I want to say they're 3.816 on the inside um, run them through a little die a little shitty hand die and basically finish the threads you know they're a little fucking screw machine part whatever so got them as deep as I could get them they have a slot in them to get them in and out you got to run like a really big screwdriver or a special tool that no one has. And the screwdriver of course is like a sixteenth inch too small. Fucking those of you who race will really understand those of you who wrench on your own stuff. You still get it. Right? So anyway, bike back together, semi last minute, but not a big deal. Like still all good. Got a few heat cycles. It'll get broken in on the racetrack. Cause it's a fucking race motor. Um, I know everyone has mixed, different beliefs on how you break in a motor, uh, I've always been taught by the guy I always trusted the most to build my motors, which was my old man, um, fucking break it in like you're gonna ride it, so it gets some heat cycles, I'll, uh, I'll heat cycle it again at the track, I'll do a couple easy runs, but, um, then it's gonna get turned, turn the fuck on, and it's gonna go for it, and hopefully it's gonna stay together. The last motor, got basically, or last motor, same bottom end, I just redid the top end, really to make it bigger, Um, props to my old man again, fucking thing came apart and looked beautiful, it's had two seasons, and I like to think I run the shit out of it, but you know, it's not like it has 100,000 miles, but it's fucking wide open and on the rev limiter everywhere it goes, Um, so it came apart beautiful, unfortunately he wasn't in town to do the top end on this one. Like I said, that's kind of my preferred motor builder But I'm also poor and he's in a long way away So Yeah, I mean It'll, it'll get turned on And we're going to go for it The bottom end, um, last motor rebuilt Broken piston um, Had to end up splitting the cases And uh, So Luckily he was in town a little early To take bikes around for our racing um, Those of you who don't know most of the time for hooligan racing, my truck tows a trailer um, and everyone kind of chips in and pays, you know, their fair share in theory to get bikes around. And, um, but that fair share usually doesn't really cover a driver. So luckily my old man is retired. Um, He loves racing probably more than he loves me. (laughs) And uh, so he was out. (laughs) He's going to be mad at me because he listens to this he was out and uh, had some time I'm like hey let's do this freshen up this top end slid the cylinder off and um, piston skirt was broken. Hindsight probably could have pulled the motor out, turned it upside down got all the pieces out of it those of you who are motor builders uh, would never do that I'm always like I don't have money if I fucking trash a bottom end so I don't really want to do that and then, um, let's see. So, he decided he had to split the cases. This is a guy who never built a Harley motor in his life, but he's built everything else. So, no nitrous Chris. If you have any questions about building a motor, I, I know a guy that can help. Um, he's not too far from you. Not to volunteer out of services, but, you know. So... Anyway, that motor gets totally split, totally put back together and broken in the racetrack. You know, heat cycles and, and broken in. So, and it was great. Fucking lasted. I still have the cylinders and heads. If something happens, I've got them. If I got another bike and it wanted a better top end, I've got it. You know, so whatever. Um. So that's all part of getting ready. You know, you make sure your bike's ready. I like how I just blew 10 minutes on talking about my bike. But your bike needs to be ready. Uh I've done some moto trips uh in 2012. I think I talked about it on the show. I did a trip literally from Southern California across the 10 through Texas and uh up to Birmingham. We stopped at Barber, uh up into actually Knoxville to visit a friend of mine, Corey, who still lives in Knoxville Maribel, rode the tail of the Dragon, then headed up to the uh, over to the East coast and up to the Northeast and then back in through act Ak- or through, uh, yeah, kind of through Akron stopped at, um, Niagara Falls. stopped at the rock and roll hall of fame back through Indiana and then all the way up to, or went through South Dakota through Sturgis like the week after the show. So shit was still there, but it was dead. Uh up through into Washington and then down the West coast or down the five. Cause I was out of time, but you know, I put brand new tires on the bike before I left, um, oil change before I left. Cause I'm also not a guy that's going to change the fucking oil. So I went 10,000 miles on it on that trip, just adding oil as it needed. And it's a Harley. So it needed. So it was pretty fresh. Um, yeah, brand new tires, check, check the brake pads, check stuff, make sure the battery's good. You know, and, and stuff can still happen, but you just kinda give it all a once over, and if there was something that I was iffy and I was putting off, it got fixed. Um so yeah, you make sure your bike's good. And then that trip's actually a good example too. Jay talks a lot about hydration. I was dehydrating across Arizona all day. It was hot. I think I left early August. Maybe I got back early August and I was gone literally a month. So, um, yeah, I, I was drinking, I was so hot. I was drinking water and my stomach was full of water. I felt like crap because I had a stomach full of water, but I was still dehydrated because I couldn't process it fast enough. So, you know, she talks about staying hydrated. It's definitely a good tip. Um, so past the bike, like a trip like this, what I did this week As I was thinking about what I needed to take, I got on my phone. Most of you have smartphones. Um, Apple has a little thing called Notes. I keep a bunch of notes on my phone. Um, Any of you racers out there that listen to this, uh, I have a... The gearing I ran at most of the tracks is on my phone. I've slacked off keeping track the last year and a half because... I don't know. not as serious as I was, I guess. But I've still got a lot of it, and it's still kind of relative and i can see where i was at and kind of base it on that stuff so and i'm one of those racers like if i tell you my gearing and you beat me because of it then high five you know that's what it is so i have my gearing welcome to it but i have that on there um for those of you instagram users i have a couple where i've put like my sponsors ads and hashtags And then for my knife making too, like a little hashtag set, just like four or five, where I can go in, I can copy it and I can paste it into my Instagram so it's there and I don't have to try and remember people and do all that stuff. And, um, so it just kind of helps to keep all those people happy and it, it, yeah, so it's right on my phone. So, um, you can do a grocery list and all kinds of shit. So I did a list, I just labeled it Tennessee and then I said, I need to pack my clothes and if there was anything special... And I need to make sure that I have my race gear. And I need to make sure, like, food and snacks and water. Um, grab my gas can. Because I just built a 1250 with Buell heads. It's got way more compression than it had. I bought a can of race fuel. Uh, I might try some aviation fuel because my dad won't shut up about it. (laughs) Um, so, just stuff like that. Like, what did I need for the bike, for myself, things like that. Um... So all that got like put on a little list. If you just click the line, it pops up on the screen uh, a little check mark. And you can click it and it'll add a little box. Um, or a little circle to it. So you put that on every line and you don't have to be the beginning of the line. I learned this actually today. One time I did it and I made sure the cursor is at the beginning of the line every time. You can just click the line, it'll put a little check Like, it comes up like a menu, right? And uh, you just click the check, and it puts the beginning of the line. So then, when I loaded the gas can, I checked it. When I loaded the race fuel can, because you want to mix it, I'm not going to run it pure, I would check it. When I got my race gear, and I went through and made sure I had, uh, you know, my boots and my gloves and my helmet and my jacket, um, then I checked off the race gear. And then I did, um, yeah, clothing and all that stuff. So... And I brought, thank you, Icon, and my amazing gear sponsorship. I cannot, I mean, I feel fortunate. I don't crash enough to need all the gear that I am budgeted throughout the year. So uh, my mom and her husband, more her husband, kept saying that he likes some certain helmet. And then he kind of said, hey, our helmets are old. And these are people that ride in Indiana and they never ride with a helmet unless they have to. So they had these little half helmets. And I'm like, you want a full face if you'll wear a full face helmet i will get you one so i had them look on the website and see what color they wanted and they both wanted white so i said "Well, shoot me your size and i'll get you one i actually tried to order Corey a set of gloves um last year i brought him a helmet and my brother-in-law got a helmet last year so thanks again icon they have been fucking amazing to me and that's not an understatement um so anyone out there that wants some stuff support those who support you icon is very supportive of me um, so if you you know support but anyway so you know I, that stuff was on the list so that stuff got ready. The plan was originally take my truck borrow an open trailer uh, I brought four bikes I was trying to bring five for my one for my dad's cousin didn't work out and honestly when I talked to him this morning he sounded relieved that I wasn't bringing him a bike. He kind of wanted to relax more. Which is cool. I respect that. And a lot of it, honestly, was more I wanted to ride with him than he wanted to ride. Which is also fun. Um, I was actually originally trying to bring one for Corey. And then he high-sided his fucking 50 and broke a bunch of bones. So, you dumbass. But at the same time, congratulations on wrecking your race bike and breaking shit. It happens to the best of us. Um, You know, two kinds of riders. Those that have been down and those that will go down. Uh, and high sides you know you were pushing it fucking that's part of life so heal up but anyway i tried to um i was gonna bring him a bike out too but so that was the original plan my truck will tow a fucking house so rusty butcher was like hey why don't you take my van so we worked out a little deal and i went to get his van and it didn't quite have the room that he had made me believe Actually, this has been 19 minutes almost. I'm gonna stop this, pause it basically, start another one. We'll talk about yesterday's bike load. All right, so, Thursday, or uh, Friday, sorry. Thursday was double checking on a couple stuff on the bike. Friday, Friday was, I'm gonna go get the van in the morning, Then I'm going to load it with the bikes that are going in it. Then I'm going to go pick up my bike and a spare bike. Or a bike for my my dad's cousin. And then uh, I'm going to go pick up one last bike. Easy fucking peasy. Everything that I could forget or that could go wrong went wrong. I show up. We were going to do a hitch rack on the van with four bikes in the van. Well, to have four bikes in the van... First of all, Rusty Butcher's fucking van is amazing. It is a beautiful example of a race van. And I kind of like that there's some dust in places on the inside. It's like, it's clean enough, but it's used. Love it. Um, it's got a toolbox. It's got all the little, all kinds of cool shit for racing where you can keep your stuff in it. Fucking rad. And he pretty well volunteered to just let me take it. And then I was like, I can't charge you full price so I'm taking your fucking bike. But... So i go pick up the van. It'll fit four, but the fourth one would have to be pushed way up where the seat is. And that, for the next couple days, is my bed. And um, then also, like, for passengers and stuff, later, when we're in Tennessee, can't have a bike there. So I was like, well, shit. Well, Fast J. By the way, the whole, most of the hooligan community in Southern California are fucking amazing. They all get along and help each other out so that was part of butcher offering me the van part of it selfish on him uh not that i blame him he wanted his bike inside if he could get it so yeah fucking we'll put it inside because you have a van so go to pick up my bike spare bike fast jay's fast jay told me i can borrow a trailer so drive over there load my bike in go to pick up the trailer um my dumbass forgot Uh, The hitch at the shop Which luckily is not too far from his house Went back, got the trailer Trailer plug was different than the van Van had the round plug Didn't have an adapter, whatever Drove up the street with no trailer lights And a bike on the trailer Bought an adapter, plug it in I'm on my merry way Stop by Speed Merchant, get a fucking uh, Pop-up, that's the only thing that went smoothly all day Uh, By the way, if you guys... Especially because I know a lot of our listeners are sport bike guys, and some of our listeners are Harley motor engineers. Check out Speed Merchant's feed. I actually need to post a photo of the bike in progress. Ronnie built of Speed Merchant. Um, the more known name is the business Speed Merchant. His little shop and his nickname is Bronny. So Bronny built bikes is building another Harley Davidson Softail to ride from Milwaukee to California. Um, He's got a little gray in his beard, and he put clip-ons on it, and a uh, GPZ Cowie tank, and he's putting a little Cowie repop fairing on it, and a badass handmade aluminum tail section that looks like it's off a fucking 70s sport bike. It's got some Dymag 17s, um, fucking amazing, like... Sometimes Bronny has my favorite bike I've ever seen And then he builds another one And it's hard for that Not to be my favorite Uh, Really dig his style So And he's like Super humble about it And he's like Excited when motorcycle people Are like Excited You know what I mean Some people are like Oh you don't have money I don't care He's the type of guy Where you're like I had a GPZ back in the 70's And I used to road race it That's what he wants to talk to Which isn't totally true Bronny doesn't want to talk To very many people at all and I get that. But next subject. So that went smoothly. Cruise over to see Sean from Suicide Machine to pick up his bike. And and there was, like, little things. Mark had to go. He sent one of his employees to go pick up current registration for the van. And just, you know, by the time stuff gets loaded up and gear bags are all ready and whatever. So I go over to Suicide Machine. Sean, very, you know nicely offers his trailer because it's enclosed. And I'm like, I don't know if this van's that powerful. It's a very short enclosed. You could maybe fit three hooligan bikes on it. I know you could fit three, but it'd be tight. So two fit super comfortably. No big deal. Plug the trailer in. Lights don't come on. I never even checked u U-Haul when I got the adapter. I just fucking plugged it in. It's bright daylight, you know? And it was an open trailer. So it ends up being... The van didn't get a tow package when it was bought new. So the uh, the little trailer plug is wired. It was like spliced into the taillights. And it's a pretty new Mercedes. And if you overload the circuit, it's not going to blow a fuse. It just like shuts shit down. Uh, it's a cam bus and all that fancy shit. Some people love it. Some people hate it. I'm not really saying either way. Um, I'm just saying if you got one, you can't ghetto wire the fucking trailer plug. So we dicked with it for... Four hours. Sean fucking went to work. Wasn't like, oh dude, you don't have trailer lights. He was like, let's start checking shit. So thank you again, Sean. So we ended up literally finding an open fuse spot that had a power, an auxiliary fuse in the fuse box. It only had one little, like it only had the power side. It didn't have the other side. So we took a fuse, took a piece of wire and folded over the fucking fuse shoved it in the fuse box so the power was running across the fuse and then we ran this little piece of wire that he had that was actually solid like speaker wire wasn't even braided was super small wire gauge luckily there were two sides and we used both of them because you know ran it like up back the van like luckily the roof of the van in the back is all open so you have the little uh, braces across so we were able to run it in there pretty clean all the way to the back and then we plug it in, we ground, so the trailer has running lights. No brake light, no turn signals, running lights. And I'm like, fuck it, I'm good. Which probably would be, um, turn the van off, or the lights off on the van, the trailer stays off. So, in our... Well, and I don't know, my dumbass picking a fuse spot. This one says auxiliary, and it's not like it's like auxiliary hooked to the ignition and auxiliary always on. No, this one was always on. So then we wire in a little switch and use that fancy aluminum duct tape stuff and like literally duct tape it to the side of the fuse cover in this fucking Mercedes Sprinter van. So, whatever. So I drive home and I'm just like, this isn't gonna fucking work. Um,. And driving the van today, I'm glad I ditched the trailer because it's its not my Dodge. It's not my fucking Cummins diesel pulling a trailer. It'll do it, but I'm going 2,200 miles one way. Um, its I'm doing 70 with cruise. And I'm in eastern California about to hit Arizona. And it's just like with the winds and with... It's just not that stout, stout of a motor. So, And it's fucking loaded. So I text Mark on the, on the way home and I'm like, Hey, uh, are you gonna be at the shop tomorrow? I kind of want to ditch this trailer. He was against the trailer from the start, but I was trying to take one more bike. So this morning, get up, get all my stuff loaded, double check, say the goodbyes, head over to Mark's, unload the two bikes out of the trailer, lock up the trailer, push it up against the wall close. That is shop parking. Take. Fast J's extra bike That I was going to take out Park that in the shop Put a fucking hitch mount Rack On the van Which Mark Uses all the time And swears are fine Even with a fucking Sportster on them. So do that And uh I am You know Took a couple hours To do all that bullshit Because we had to Remove the spare tire Off the van Because it stuck out too far For The The Harley would hit it And then it would be all Leaned out So we We Had to rearrange in the inside a little bit Because I still wanted a spare tire And he's got fucking like off-road spare tire So it's fucking huge Um Just like little bullshit Finally on the road But that is my My motorcycle pickup day And then leaving the next day I was gonna try and leave at like 10 or 11 or noon From my house I left at uh 11 from my house Which is totally fine And cruised down to his shop, got him, did all that. So I left Corona at 2, 2, my time. It is currently, I don't know actually what time it is, my time. Because my watch is off because I was tired of being in the fucking van. And, uh, oh, it's currently 5.15. So there's a clock in the van. I just had to find it on the fancy fucking radio. So that's it. That's like the day before, like loading up bikes, stuff like that. Now, a lot of you that do go racing or that do go moto camping, you're not going to be loading up bikes from different parts. And a lot of times when we do this, everyone, what we've done in the past was everyone drops their shit off at Bronny's shop. Well, it really, then it really takes a day from Bronny because not like everyone just drops their shit off at one time and helps load. They drop their shit off while he's getting the trailer ready and then he's got to figure out what order he wants it to go in. And Newton's law is whatever bike we want at the front is the last one to show up. And sometimes with our race bikes, it doesn't really matter, but sometimes it does. So he kind of got tired of that and I'm a fucking idiot. So I'm like, I'll just come pick up your guys' bikes. And even though again, Sean suicide machine, Sean said, I'll bring it to Pasadena if you want to bring it to Pasadena, but such is life. So, took fucking forever got loaded awesome friday awesome saturday on the way to tennessee um but those are my my big things like you want to have a checklist is awesome and a lot of times i go racing without a checklist and i forget shit at home so a lot of times it's not nothing i have to have but it's good On a big trip like this I, i highly recommend it Um, I brought street gear just in case I ride anything on the street. Um, Because, again, like with Icon, I have fucking 35 helmets and 20 jackets. And I don't know how many pairs of gloves. No, you can't have any gloves because your hands are too big unless you're a girl. Um, So that's it. That's what I did. And it would be interesting. You know, I'm sure Nitrous Chris does the same thing. I remember, you know, being a kid and we'd fire up the race car and the street in front of our house because it wasn't a busy street and we'd run down the street and punch it a few times and make sure the thing ran. One thing I do highly recommend that I try to do every time before I leave for a race, especially with my Jawa because it was a bump start bike, I always like to start the bike before I put it in the truck or in the trailer. Just fire it up Give it a couple pumps on the throttle. You're not trying to put heat in it. You're not trying to do anything except make sure the fucking thing fires because there's nothing worse than getting to the track and your battery took a shit. Uh, you have an ignition wire that broke, a fuel line has dried out and cracked. Um, whatever. There's so many things that can happen from your bike just sitting for a week or you wash it i also like to start it after i wash it um even if you cover your air cleaner or you don't squirt your air cleaner with water spray then i still like to start it up still like to kind of let it heat up in that case so it helps dry out i don't want you know what if the seal to my ignition which on a sportster old sportster is on the side of the motor with a shitty little cover and a shitty little gasket what if the gasket cracked what if a screw's loose and it gets water? I know a lot of people that run them open, and they're probably fine. I don't know. Water really doesn't bother them, but then it'll get corroded. So I like to fire it up, make sure they warm up then. But before I leave for an event, I always try to start them just to make sure you don't drive 10 minutes, 20 minutes, um, 37 hours. No, it's not that bad. 20 30 31 or 32 hours and your bike not start now there's a chance that I started it before I left and when I drive to Tennessee it won't start again but you know I I, that's a harder one and you can't do much with that so those are some of my recommendations I don't think I have any more you know you wanna I don't know make sure your helmet you have both visors if you're I have mild, but I have stigmatism. I get it from my dad's side of the family. He's had it since he was young. My sister's had it since she was young. I just turned 36. I don't wear glasses, but I've noticed the difference. And what I've noticed or what really bugged me, like, if I can't read a street sign from fucking two miles away at night, I don't give a shit. But what bugged me was we rode Black Hills a couple years ago. And my genius ass was like, I'm going to run 10 advisors because I hate seeing my face through a helmet because I always look like my eyes are closed or I have a grin on my face, which I think you should have a grin, but it looks fucking stupid. You should look like you're ready to kill someone. And I don't, and I don't want people to see that. So I like 10 advisors, but I, um, and it, you know, it was my first time on the bigger clay track. I ran a 10 advisor and I couldn't see the groove. So I was uh, running the low line and the high line was faster and it fucking, it bummed me out because I just felt like I couldn't see where I wanted to be. So I wanted to go run low because the inside of the turn was there and I could see that. And it wasn't, it's not like a huge difference, but you just see the black on a dark brown track. So I don't know. I make sure that I have both visors. You know, I know a lot of drag racers you see the light i don't know if you really have a groove you shoot for i don't do you ride down the tire track i don't know with all that vht on the track that shit's weird but so do stuff like that you know make sure you have both gloves i like to put my glove back in my my gloves back in my helmet when i'm done but when i'm packing i pull gloves out to make sure i have them so that's where i put them to know where they're going to be But then I want to make sure that they're still there. So, um, I usually take one or two jackets because, again, I have a fucking abundance and a couple pair of pants. The race in Tennessee, we're having a practice day on Friday and a race on Saturday. So, I'm bringing shit for both days. I'm going to have gear for everything. Because I do... Maybe it's just the hooligan thing or maybe it's just whatever. But on a practice day, I'm not going to go on a t-shirt, but I'm not going to wear, like, my full leathers either. So... And actually, God bless Icon, they actually got me a size bigger than I said from whatever I read, and then I ended up going a size bigger. They fit like a champ on my RC51, but I can't ride my flat tracker in them. And I think that the race at um, Paris Half Mile, I'm going to have to wear them, but I'm too fat. And you sit on a flat tracker like with your chest out and your shoulders back, and you sit upright, kind of, and they don't fit. On my RC at the Willow, I'm hunched over, and they fit like a fucking champ. But my belly's in the way. So let's see. Those are the major things to get what I, you know, that was my course of action this week to get prepared for an event. Um, you know, it seems like a headache, but sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. Some people have an enclosed trailer they can leave stuff in. We all live in Southern California and there's just not really room for it. So it is what it is. That's my story for the week. Uh, I might do some more of these Little memos This one is up to 17 minutes So I'm going to stop that That'll give Turdman about 40 minute show Of me rambling about getting ready Telling short little stories I hope you enjoyed this segment It's called uh, According to my phone It's called I-40E um, Number 1 and number 2 Because I guess my phone looked at my map To know what I was doing For my voice memo So hopefully this sounds clear too Obviously, Turdman's going to hear it before he releases it. But, or he'll listen. Yeah, he listens to the whole damn show before he releases it. Make sure there's nothing weird. What a hell of a producer we have, you know? So, if it sounds good and he tells me it sounds good, then you guys might get some more of this. Unfortunately, my Instagram accounts on my phone are full between my main racing stuff, my knife-making, Field Initiative Knives don't forget to check that out let me know what you need i got all your cutlery needs handled whether you need an edc knife a big camping knife or a kitchen knife you can have number two because i've only made one now um and then i have a family account that's all private and then i have uh, another account for like when i like first got into knife stuff that was separate from my racing And then I have SoCal Hooligans. That is me, if anyone wonders. So when they see SoCal underscore Hooligans, that is mine. Um, I say it's mine. It's everyone's to enjoy. Even outside of SoCal, it's not, you know... I don't think Hooligans should be one person's. I don't think it should be copyrighted or trademarked. I think just because you add the name super duper in front of it doesn't make you fucking cool. Um... But, so SoCal Hooligans is, uh, that's my IG. And so my phone won't let me log in anymore. Otherwise, I would do some stuff for Turdman. We had this conversation earlier, but he'll have to do it. Maybe I can take some videos and send him some videos. Or I can also tag him and he can repost them. So, yeah, it's, uh, that's what's going on right now. I hope everyone enjoyed this segment. And uh, wish me luck. And I wish all of you luck in your next adventure, whether it's a quarter mile with a turbocharger or I don't know, 500 miles or 1,000 miles with a fucking tent and a sleeping bag on your bike. So, or, you know, riding to work in the morning because we all know how sketchy that can be sometimes.
0: Peace and axle grease. Thank you. Wiggins, thank you Wiggins and that concludes this episode of the Junk Pile and uh, thank you all for hanging around it's an hour (laughs) and we haven't even started creative writing yet stick around and those of you who won tickets you're going to find out next on the creative writing motorcycle podcast which is coming up right now biscuits and gravy Hello and welcome to another episode of Creative Riding, the motorcycle podcast that brings you two-wheel topics from around the globe. Tonight's show is brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. If you'd like to become a patron of the show, go to www.patreon.com forward slash creative writing to find out more. Now, to our regularly scheduled show show show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another fabulous episode of Creative Writing Motorcycle Podcast. We're going to get to the show right now in a few hot seconds. But first, I wanted to give everybody, uh, they've already waited an hour to see if they won some tickets to the Sacramento Mile. I want to thank basically uh, Darwin at Law Tigers. Thank you so much for making this possible and reaching out to us. And thank you for your continued support And thank you to Liza from the Motorcycles and Misfits, the friend of the AMA award winner, uh, three-time Chickistan (laughs) tour leader, uh, all-around great gal, and uh, I got to say partner in crime extraordinaire. Thank you so much for putting up with my BS, helping me out with this challenge, and not making me pay the $4,332 for a 13-second bit on your show. Liza, thank you so much for having the second half of the phrases ready. Last week's phrase was a little doozy, <laughs> but it came from a quote, and I might pay, play that quote for you in a minute. It came from Wiggs, something he said way back in episode 169, I want to say. <laughs> if you skip in about 28 minutes, maybe you'll hear it. Maybe it's an hour and twenty-eight. I think it's 28 minutes. So at any rate, the first week was go fast, turn left. Last week was chew big red or FU. And I think the whole quote was, if Kylie Jenner says chew big red or FU, you chew big red. So thank you for that, Wiggins. A little gold, a little Hoosier gold, as we call it around this studio. And now, with no further ado, I would like to announce the winner, the first winner of the pair of tickets to the Sacramento Mile. And I did the drawing Two different ways, because I kept, I got some very last-minute entries. And uh, thank you, everyone who participated. I did the drawing three different ways, two different ways. And the outcomes were exactly the same, so I know I did it right. So here we go. The winner of the first pair of tickets to the Sacramento Mile presented by Law Tigers, America's Motorcycle Lawyers, is... Uh, Oops! <laughs> I'm not thinking. It's Jane Davis. Jane Davis, please email creative writingpodcast at gmail.com. Send me your address. I'll get in touch with you. You send me, I'll send you my address. How's that? And uh you send me uh whatever you just don't send me a pipe bomb. Um but yeah, I will get in touch with you. We'll get the tickets hooked up to you, and there's a little bit more information I need to talk to you about. And the second winner, let me get my uh, a little piece of paper over here. Come over here. I'm using the force right now. You can't see it, but I'm trying to get... Uh, God dang it. I knew I couldn't do this. Oh, well. The second winner is a pair of pair tickets number two to the Sacramento Mile. The first mile of the 2019 AFT flat track season presented by Law Tigers is... There we go. That worked. John... Hillenbrand, John Hillerbrand, Hillerbrand, Hillenbrand. Sorry about that. I was seeing an R where there was an N. John Hillenbrand, you are winner number two. As usual, I will get in touch with you. Or, hey, you e- email me your address or I'll email you mine. One, one of the two is going to happen. And uh, we'll show up at each other's house. We'll do some fisticuffs. May the winner take these tickets. And uh, I'll just I'll just mail them to you. Just send me your address, at creativewritingpodcast.gmail.com. Thank you, everyone else who played. There was... Quite a few entries. I'm stoked to say that um, th- this was really fun and it was a really good collab with uh, the, the p- folks up there, the Recycle Garage, the Motorcycles and Misfits podcast. Thank you so much. And uh, for everybody that didn't win, um, there'll be other chances, there'll be other stuff. It's okay. Here's what you do uh, if you guys email me your address, I'll send you some creative writing stickers. How's that? And I'll draw you a little pick. And we'll be friends uh, via snail mail. All right, everybody. Well, that is our drawing. We're going to get to our regularly scheduled episode of Creative Writing now. Thank you for hanging out through the junk pile. And uh, we're going to get to this week's episode. As you know, we throughout the uh, generations, the eons that Creative Writing has been around, all of... All, uh, 0.32 of an eon. We do. We've done some challenges. Wiggs and I did uh, a motor challenge. I think was the first one. Then we did the suspension challenge. Jay and I started the brake challenge, and uh, she came in hot last week. I gave her a curse, and I wasn't even paying attention to what she was saying. I was so focused on getting my curse, uh, <laughs> my curse buttons down that we had we had a funny little. Uh, <laughs> It turned, I went way childish on it. Let's just put it that way. And uh, once I realized what Jay was talking about, I was like, brow, 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 brow. that's not even a break. Just, that's like not a break challenge. Uh, she's. You can't go out to your bike and look at what Jay was talking about. She was talking about the way people break techniques. And I was like, oh, man. So anyway, I went childish on it anyway, and it was very foolish. And I might give you a little clip. Let's, let me see if I can give you a snip right here.
2: I Like it's okay. big, no, that no. minutes, especially mm-hmm. so them I can't I can't into weeds
3: because I Excel. just wants to stuff <laughs> free it for you. It never ride boring. Mm-hmm. I feel
2: like <laughs> most p- kids get down.
3: <laughs>
0: That's part of it so far. That's a very abbreviated part of it, but <laughs> let's get into some more of it right here. Hang on. Here's the here's the crazy childish part. Dinner plate <laughs> one head. Oh, tail. Tails. tail's Jay. I'm so it's sorry. It's not
2: the kind where you. Um, so the thing is, is when I. uh After my very first accident, excuse me. You do that after your first accident? We all
0: do. It's like... This was
2: perfect timing. They were talking about the front brake, and I was like, Jesus Christ. Like, I just got into the habit of using the rear brake, and I just never even thought about it. And I experienced... (laughs) fucking scary. You guys, can I... Can we pause? I gotta go to the bathroom. (laughs) I... Uh, you got an extra pair of shorts. I might need some. You can't say <laughs> I'm experienced kids without getting out of there. I uh, need to
0: quit being so childish.
2: Uh, and you go to press the front brake. It's important. The beans. Yeah. The Well, no, no more beans. You got to gotta lessen the beans. There's too many beans right now. Magical so when you're like, fruit. okay, I'm going to cut back on the beans. And <laughs> you hit that brake. <laughs> What I do, my technique is I will uh, kind of like, what is that, ABS? <laughs> You'll ABS it? It's a problem. Abnormal, I don't know if you guys have heard bell. of it.
3: It's extra long. <laughs> I
2: can't Let's this. Let's the farts really this
3: down. build up pressure in there for a long amount of time. Yeah, and
2: especially, imagine you're on a bike and you get all those bumps with that long intestinal yeah. track. It's yeah. a mess. That's why, you don't want to carry so many bags on my bike. You, you, you want to <laughs>
4: I'm so sorry.
0: Re listening to <laughs> Re listening to this. this is making me crack up. I had to pause for like twenty five minutes just now to have a good laugh. Patrons, I couldn't contain myself. We went she already ruined the break challenge by not talking about actual breaks. So I just couldn't take it and we went off, and it's funny. Patrons, I'll put it on there and uh, we'll release it to the public later after everybody's had their, their funny little laugh at it. But now <laughs> you, you've you waited long enough. Let's get, <laughs> let's get
3: into the regular show. The left one seems to vibrate a bit, and like the mechanic dude, it.
2: But wore. did you ride in, in the rain with them?
3: Yeah, right.
2: Yeah. They they're not leaking or anything?
3: No. No, but if you put a beer in them, it'll explode. <laughs> and then everything in your
2: bag is wet. <laughs> that happened to me with the Red Bull twice.
0: All right, everybody. What you're hearing is the beginnings of something great. This is episode anybody know? Anybody know it?
2: Oh man, I don't know. I don't even know what day it is.
0: Uh it's Tuesday.
2: <laughs>
0: oh, it's Tuesday already. It's Tuesday. I'm gonna turn Jay down. What wait, say something, Jay.
2: Yep. Yeah. Oh yep. whoops.
0: Say something.
2: Am I okay now? Wait.
0: Hello. Okay, good. All right, that was the mic for Jay. Uh, yeah, so this is episode one seventy-five, the creator writing Second podcast, and here is some crappy intro music for all of you to enjoy. how extended is it
2: (gasps) super extended
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right everybody (laughs) a little motorcycle (laughs) rapping at the end all right everybody welcome to creative writing motorcycle podcast episode i just told you 175 am i too loud Okay. A little bit. Remember, you can turn yourself down up there, too. Yeah, okay. with my
2: go-go, go-go gadget gadget arm. <laughs>
0: All right. I will turn myself down for a little bit for you there guys. You there go. you go. All right. And everybody on the interpod waves out there, uh, we are cruising along. Wiggins is out of town again tonight, so Jay and I are holding down the fort. We're going to bring you a little bit of a break challenge again. And um, a couple things I want to talk about that happened this past weekend, and a couple things that are coming up that are going to be... Freaking awesome! And in the studio tonight, that mysterious, uh, delirious voice you heard earlier was Dane. Wait, let me see what Jay told me to introduce you as. Uh, here it is, Dane, the dirty mang.
2: I, I said stinky. Oh yes,
0: definitely
2: stinky.
0: I can't find it. I took a shower today. Dane but
2: It was too long ago already. Dane
0: the stinky mang. Dane the stinky mang. So it's pretty rad. Uh, on the way home, I, I, on the way home tonight, I have my kids, uh, this is a little BTS, but uh, you stick around, it's kind of funny. My kids had a little science fair at school, so I'm cruising home and uh, <laughs> I'm like, dang, who is this coming down the street? Some tough looking biker <laughs> cruising down the street toward me. And I was like, "Wow, that's what is that? That's an interesting looking bike." And then like it gets a little closer, and I was like, "What type of fairing is that?" And then as it passes, I'm like, "That's Jay." And to confirm it, when she went past me, and I look in my mirror. There was 18 feet of uh, luggage, luggage and cargo on the back. So I was like, "Yep, that was Jay." But dude, I gotta tell you, you look pretty tough.
2: Oh, thank you. I yeah, try.
0: You do. You do. You're what? What did we say last week? A pissed off elf. You are a pissed off gnome.
2: A pissed off midget. Midget. That's what it is.
0: <laughs> and um and then I roll up to my neighborhood, which is like one street in, one street out, and I see a motorcycle and I was like, I know every motorcycle in this neighborhood. That it's ain't too dirty. That ain't, yeah. That one don't doesn't live belong. around here. Your helmet is awesome because it just got like giant crazy teeth on it. And, uh, and then, like, it looked like two ladies who were walking down the street. And I'm like, I bet they're creeped out, but I bet that <laughs> they guy actually here. snuck
3: up on me. Oh, I was they? sitting there with music playing in my headphones, and these two <laughs> ladies with these old dogs walked by yeah. me, like right next to me. And I'm like, ah,
2: I'm like, oh, hey, what's up? <laughs> I wish I still had my Harley because I would have loved to roll up with you on my Harley too with the with the bones on the back. <laughs> that
0: would have been fun. Yeah. All the old ladies. Ladies in this neighborhood would have been calling Crime Stoppers. But um, your front fairing gave it away, too. So if you've ever seen... Dang the stinky man! I don't think that's what his Instagram handle is. You just you just told me to say I might
2: that. Have to that's change a it now. secret Instagram handle. Yeah.
0: So he, uh, I recognized your front fairing, and I was like, "Yep, that guy's coming to my house." And it looked cool. You were just sitting there with the, the teeth and that crazy front fairing, and I was like, "I you bet, could see
3: me over the windshield and everything." Uh, I could yeah. see the, the
0: well, you're teeth.
2: You're tall guy. And I was like,
0: yeah. "I bet people think hell's coming to town." So that was fun, but yeah, we're hanging out in the studio tonight, and uh, we got. Something a big news. All, all motorcyclists know this because uh, it's all over the Insta webs and gramophones and Facebook icons. Um, this weekend was uh, International Female Ride Day, and I saw some women out in force, which was nice. And uh, also May is Motorcycle Awareness Month, and Jay has come prepared, much like Jay Leno every night on his show. <laughs> Jay is bringing the heat, and uh, she's got some stuff she wants to talk about. Before we get into that though, Slay J, I want to talk a little bit about the Californian.
4: Yeah, yeah. Because
0: the Californian and the quail happened this week, and I had to hear Liza and Emma brag about the quail on the motorcycles <laughs> and misses podcast this week. Well, it turns out to get into that show is like 80 or 90 bucks. Oh, for real? Yeah. Oh, I didn't wow. I didn't know that. I don't go to
3: anything that's not free. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I
0: don't even go to bed if it's not free. And so uh yeah, and the bike to get your bike in it was like three hundred bucks or something like that. Where so like, is the oh, wow. quail at? Uh, it's at the quail. Uh, Where is the quail? <laughs> it's in Monterey. It's next to the peacock. Yeah, oh, So okay. it's up, so it's up to, by Santa Cruz. It's between a turkey and a peacock. <laughs> yeah, it's like up in Monterey, San Francisco, oh, okay. Pebble Pebble Beach, uh, yeah, yeah, Knoxville, yeah. Tennessee area. Got it. Got all right. it. My map there of the my map of the United <laughs> States, I have I, you could have said Ohio and I'd have been like, yeah, sure. Oh yeah. Um so yeah, it was amazing how the bikes there are super prestigious and all every movie star, you know, takes their bike up there. Keanu Reeves goes up there sometimes. And I know Shinya Kamura's been up there and you know, name drop here, name drop there. I went to the Californian this week, and I'm glad I'm glad the quail was good. I'm glad Liza got her award and she got to see Malcolm Smith. I can see Malcolm Smith by driving about 25 minutes <laughs> south here, going to his dealership, because that is a hardworking fool and he's there like every day. So, uh, but his
2: dealership is that Malcolm Smith? Oh, oh, that, yeah, <laughs> <Malcolm's the top laughs> oh, right, man. Right. I know that, yeah.
0: yeah. And, um, <laughs> but it was cool, he was getting honored. And if you've ever, seen, like, I first saw him on it on any Sunday, and he was just like this dude ripping like an old triumph at like 100 miles an hour down through Lake Elsinore. And then uh, again, he did like the Baja. 1000 or the Mexican 1000, and now he's do he he, since the 60s he's done like a ton of crazy stuff, and now he's like 80 and he still gets out there and rips it once in a while. Um, just doing some incredible stuff that most 80 year old men don't even want to get out of bed and put their fake teeth in, and he's out there ripping motorbikes. That's that's
2: what keeps you young though, like doing what you love. Telling
0: me, dude, that guy arm wrestled me last year and displaced (laughs) my shoulder. Um, so yeah, the quail, it sounded fun and it sounded really cool. Californian, not quite not quite eighty bucks to get in. As a matter of fact, it was free. Dan, you would have been, you would have been perfect <laughs> yeah. uh, perfect there. And to enter your bike, I think uh, last year it was like thirty bucks. This year it was like ten or twenty bucks. Mm-hmm. So I
2: think it was. 10. Uh,
0: yeah. So I mean, you got a show mm-hmm. bike, and you don't want to drive all the way up to the Quail. Come on down to Santa Anita Raceway Park, and it's less likely to be overcast and cloudy. And Shinya Kimura was there. And so is Miguel Galuzzi, who is the designer for Piaggio and uh, Aprilia and all that, whoever whoever Piaggio owns. Um, He was there. He was judging cars, by the way, in the Pinewood Derby. And I have to say, Jay, you missed it. That was like the most fun.
2: I know. I Um, wish I could have seen
0: it. So Brady Walker does this uh, from Ramming Speed Racing. He does this pretty sweet event every... Uh, Derby Day every year, and he thought, why not do a derby at the derby? So he put on a Pinewood Derby and, like, We could say some kids. There were some Boy Scout cars there, but other cars you could tell the dads (laughs) had like got their hands on, and there are kids' cars for sure. Even my cars, I will. I think
2: ninety percent of all Pinewood Derby cars have been made by dads. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah. A few of those when I kid, we put Estee's rockets on ours. Oh yes, and we would try to get them to fly. I would (laughs) have loved to do that. I would have, or a CO two
0: bottle in there and just pop it. (laughs) But um, yeah, we had our whole fleet Uh, listener. Uh, nitrous, no nitrous Chris from Waukesha, Wisconsin, took first place, uh, against everybody. Hellhammer looked like a cute little replica of a Lakester, you know, little f- cigar shaped dragster. Do you I still thought, have it? Or are you yeah, I'll, it? I'll, I should, I'll lay him out here in a second. And, um, I thought, ah, this is cute, man. He really did a cute little job on his car. You know, a It plus, was hefty. It a had plus, some weight. Yeah. It
2: had some well-balanced weight. And it was weight. a
0: six-ounce max. Yeah. And so that thing weighed like 5.7 when I weighed it. And mm. they had a scale there. And it was like people were making them. They said they made them at home, and they were six. And then when they weighed them there, it was seven. And there was two or three of them that weighed it on the same scale at their house. So whatever the, their scale was off. So when they got there, they were disqualified so they had a heavyweight class just Can't for just them chip some of the yeah i know the top, right? it's easy <laughs> enough yeah. yeah. you so you it's <laughs> like light pine you could chew it like exactly yeah. Right, yeah exactly so um yeah and an ounce like is easy to take off on those <laughs> things just drop a wheel
3: <clears throat> well i think the weights too on the on there on the bottom right and you can like yeah. snap you can there like, you go. snap part of the weight off
0: yeah one and afterwards one of the little boys snapped a little girl's car in half. So <laughs>
3: there was that. Yes. Yeah,
2: On purpose?
0: Uh, they were playing. Uh, That's the funny thing too is that all the adults said all these cars that we'd been like working on over there. Mine were still, uh, the glue was still drying on one of them. I'll get it out and show you. But these kids started coming over and playing and I was like, oh God, it's kind of, it's like I just spent Uh, all this time gluing it together and painting it last night I stayed up you know the night before I stayed up until probably like midnight or something like that painting the stupid car painting it all day (laughs) and uh, for weight right yeah, yeah, for weight. And then these little kids go over and start playing with it, and I was like, damn, that's going to break before we even race. So I was like, do I go yell at little kids? It's like putting free toys out there and then telling them not to play with them. So I was like, screw
3: it. Like, you should bring a spare car. And like, Don't play with that <laughs> yeah. one. Here you Just go. Just bring a real dumb-looking one. <laughs> it's like one. the Demolition Derby pine car.
0: Well, that's another thing. Somebody said Demolition Derby, and I was like, that would be rad. Like, after after the the – uh, whole Pinewood deal, right? Have a demolition where you have just the track <laughs> lift up the <laughs> other end and they just hit in the middle. But they did have since Sh- Shinya Kimura, who's a pretty well-known local builder, um, he's done a lot of cool custom bikes and then Miguel Galuzzi, who is the uh, you know the Piaggio designer that designs all the cool... Um, who does Piaggio own? They own Guzzi, right? Don't, didn't they do I'm the...
2: I'm not 100% sure.
0: Okay, I know they own Aprilia and I know they, they own Did they make a bicycles too? I don't know. I don't think so. E
2: e u g or something like that.
0: I don't know. Ask me something else.
3: (laughs) I don't know. Let's talk about something we know nothing
2: about. (laughs) Let's pretend we will say yes.
0: Um, I just I swear when they came out with that V eighty five like that enduro. Moto Guzzi, I swear I saw it in the Piaggio booth at IMS. But, anyways, I could be mistaken. Anyway, he was there. He's an industrial designer, is what I'm trying to get at. He's designed a lot of cool motorcycles. They put those guys and then a couple other builders to the task of judging the cars on their looks. And I'm going to pause the podcast real quick so I could show you guys my cars and see what you think. That was-
3: yeah, here's the sandwich. Don't eat it.
2: Oh, man, I'm so hungry. I'm bite <laughs> I don't
3: know about the sandwich. aerodynamics on that one.
0: <laughs> well, listen, the sandwich went faster than the fish because if you look at the fish, it's got a wonky wheel. Did uh, you
2: glue all of these pieces onto the... Yeah, yeah. That's oh, yeah. so red. Yeah.
0: Why didn't
3: you bend the wheel back?
0: Well, the holes were drilled in, and um, so when I started putting the screw in, I realized that the... There's an old guy that makes these kits at, at his house. When he's he, he, <laughs> and he's slacking. You know, all he does is he cuts a... He's like
2: 90 years old. Yeah.
0: <laughs> he just cuts off... He probably gets like a huge board of, you know, that's two by four of... Uh, pine and just cuts it a bunch and then he like slots it for the axles and just drills little holes that's all he does all day so he probably made that one on friday after a few pops and it was just crooked so when i screwed it in i was like damn it's crooked and yeah, i don't who
3: glued the axle on i did it <laughs> <laughs> was it all on one side <laughs> because
0: I I, I I i squared the axles up and then i just dropped the fish on it and i was like Oops. as long as the axles are straight Straight together. They are square. The fish won't matter if it's side to side, left to right, or anything. So <laughs> like as long as the axles are straight, square together. This
2: wood is so soft, you legit could eat the sandwich. Well, go for it.
0: <laughs> Nobody, lots of comments and pictures on the sandwich, but the judges oh. were not having I any didn't of love it.
2: Sandwich. And
0: then that's my son's uh, Boy Scout car. You can tell because the, the wheels are different than
3: the other yeah. ones. That's a Boy Scout kit. Yeah,
2: this is what I'm used to working on. Yeah, with.
3: I had a kit like that where the axles went through the bottom.
2: Yeah, this is what I was, when I did the And mine had like day. a
3: big lead weight, like in the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With a slot and you just glued Does it. Does yeah. this have
2: weights in it or no?
3: Yeah. Is, are up I here? just,
0: I, gl- I drilled out holes and then dropped the weights into oh, it. Okay. Turns out drilling out the holes and then dropping the weights in, kind of to wash this out. <laughs> it's kind of a wash. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize how much drilling a hole, how much weight it actually subtracts from it. Because I was like, pine's light. These weights yeah. are heavy. But yeah. then... No, it almost was a wash. And so
3: much chopped hmm. off here. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's what it was. And so Wiggins made one, um, took it to his work, put the wheels on a lathe or something, and turned them down, chopped it paper thin, reinforced it with the tungsten or something. Didn't you know he was out of town, so it, it didn't make it to the show. But it would have been uh, awesome. I really would have liked to see Wiggs' car. But he car finished run. it. I think he might have. Uh, Maybe he didn't.
2: I was I was excited to see that one because I know he had been working on yeah. it. Yeah.
0: Well, Brady finished his the night before too, and he started it. But that one from Waukesha, right there, that beauty. i gonna hold this the rest. Of the yeah, time. it's rad, so cool. huh?
2: That's so cool. Yeah, and the little it's like a um,
0: torpedo. Yeah, yeah, is exactly, and I, um, I love it. I know the it's so cool. that I little love the, paint um, too. the black and white uh, striped tip on the back was off of it when it arrived here, and I didn't know if that was on purpose, and so I tilted the car. Yeah, I tilt the car, and that's where the hole is that the lead weight is in. So he put like a lead stick inside. And so when I tilted the car, this big old rod comes sliding out. And I was like, I wonder if he left it so, I could trim it if it was too heavy or if it just came uh, loose in shipping. But I glued it back on, and that thing took first uh, every round that it raced. So, I wonder if the aerodynamics,
2: old school uh, aerodynamics. No Nitrous Christa is model cars? Because yeah. this is definitely listen like model car. That status. fool.
0: On, if you head over to creative riding.com, he has. Uh, Airplanes that he's made out of welding wire and stuff. He's he's oh, yeah, done a lot of he cool does, model stuff. Does do, like uh, he's and
2: stuff.
0: he's a creative dude. So anyway, uh, along with some pre twenty nine vintage bikes that have done the cannonball, and uh, a lot a lot of vintage racers all the way from like the I don't know from the eighties to like the fifties. There was just so much rest stuff, and I. I A lot of times you'll see a lot of Air Maki's. There was a lot of Harley Air Maki sprints there. Mm -hmm. There was a a Harley uh, Air Maki race bike. I Mm -hmm. want to say it was like a 500 or something. Pardon me, but there was was
2: that a- the red one? I think it was. Yeah, red. did you yeah. see that one? Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: it was so bitchin'. looking. but there was a ton of Hodakas this year, and I, I, I will go dry spells without seeing any Hodakas, and then I'll see a ton. And the ones I usually see are like the Dirt Squirt or the Combat Wombat, where it's got like a funny little paint job, and or the Road. I've even seen Road Toads, and no Aces. But at this show, there was a ton of little Aces out there, and um, VanTech was in full force, so VanTech had a lot of. Uh, vintage um hodakas out there Mm -hmm. and they just look so bitchin and then ton of old harleys like i said some of them pre-29 had run the cannonball and still had the gps it's so funny to see a 19 like 20 something harley davidson with the original paint job and then like a gps from 2017 like (laughs) because that's how they had to you know what i mean like the Mm -hmm. roll chart or whatever they used like fastened to it and i was like that Is that a place? But at least you know it ran, you know, it ran the the course.
2: I've seen one of the guys who brought his bike, he was rolling it down out of the show. And so he like went, but he was sitting on it and then just rolling down. And then he was like trying to push it back up the hill. But like a couple people helped him
0: through the tunnel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude, I know. Pushing Spamla is hard enough. I couldn't imagine like one of those 500 pound bikes through there like oh my god because they don't want you that's the thing
2: they don't want you i had to show
0: up early to drop art and everything off because they were letting us drive in before the horses started to practice and they were doing general practice but it wasn't like horse racing once the horses are on the track you're not allowed to drive through the infield tunnel because they can hear it rumbling underneath Mm -hmm. them so yeah uh i could only imagine pushing one of those old ancient hulks out of there uh (laughs)
2: Yeah, you know the bike that I like. They had the. Did you see the Vincent Black Shadow?
0: There was a few Vincents there, yeah, and Velocets there too. And I was like, wow, you don't, you don't usually see that many um, Vincents. I mean, I I actually do see quite a few at that at the Californian, but they're one of those bikes where you might see one, you know, here sprinkled in the crowd. There was like four of them there mm-hmm. and there was like two yeah. or three Vela sets too and then there was that crazy Air Maki chimera that weird scooter that looked like oh, a 50s yeah, it hairdryer like a
2: beige color? Yeah.
0: yeah everyone's been asking me what was that what was that and i was like that's a chimera looks like a it's it's like from the 1950s or 60s i was gonna say it has a 50s vibe for sure everything used to be covered you never saw the mechanic everything had a shroud on it so it kind of looks like an old hairdryer you know what i mean mm-hmm. from that era
2: It probably is also. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
0: yeah. Right down in front of the motor, it had like a grill. That's why it reminded me of a hairdryer because it totally looked like a drill. Uh, A grill. They didn't have drills back in the 50s, right? (laughs) My grandpa just used a stick with a stone on the end of it. (laughs) But um, so the Californian was menifique, in my opinion, and very, very cheap. And I got to say a big shout-out to Mark uh, Dugali. Who offered the Blemmy scooter and we just couldn't get logistics to get it there, mm-hmm. but it would have fit in so, so rad. Do you and know also, what, um,
2: bikes won because it was a best yeah.
0: show, right? Yeah. And there, yeah. So there was blue ribbons and, and then runners up, basically. And um, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head, mm. I couldn't rattle them off, but they had a racing class. So they had like, you know, a race bike one, obviously, for that class. They had like a pre. Uh, I think that Harley that did the cannonball one or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I saw it really Uh, uh Every day kind of run-of-the-mill looking Harley one, but it was like from the 50s and it was like totally unrestored, but it's a daily driver, so that one. Um, and then one of the dirt bikes for the dirt bike class one. So it was, I don't know, it was cool. I couldn't tell you. I watched the awards, but I, since I can't even remember what I ate for breakfast, there's no way I'm going to tell you what happened <laughs> over the weekend. <laughs> so, But it was cool. And it's totally free, so if you want to find out, uh, come down and check it out. Um, you know. We'll we'll let you camp in our backyard if you don't have a hotel, and it's beautiful beautiful weather this yeah, time of year. It, so. how
2: was it that it was like eighty five that day, and then the next day it was raining?
0: Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> it was
2: like sixty the next day.
0: Well, you know, last year it was nice and sunny, but it was also like ninety six. So yeah. it, this year was just like the penultimate, uh, like epitome of Southern California weather. So it yeah, was, it was, it was rad. a gorgeous day. Yeah.
2: I made a friend too when I ro- <laughs> when I rolled up. There was a guy on a Honda. Uh, I think it was a, I believe it was a Goldwing, and he's like, Oh, here you park in front of me. And yeah. then I just hung out with him most of the show.
0: And then some dirt bag came and like smashed his <laughs> wheel right up on yours.
2: <laughs> yeah. I was just like, who is this? This jerk. <laughs> I'm trying to think like, of a word not to, not to curse. <laughs> oh, it's okay. You can
0: say a shithead. Uh, but anyways, I, I was like, I'm going to make it, I'm going to just like push Jay, uh, push my tire onto her. So she has to like move my bike. I
2: know when I walked up, I was like, did he really park his tire on mine?
0: <laughs> I, I told you if you needed to push forward, I, I left it in neutral. It's
2: okay. I poured a bunch of Red Bull on your seat. I
0: saw. When I <laughs> rode home, I couldn't get off after I got back. So, you were aware that I was there, though, at least, right? (laughs) So, is that a cheesy segue into our next segment? (laughs) Um, So, yeah, May is not only a time for the Californian, but it's also the month of motorcycle awareness. And if you are not aware of motorcycles around you, you're a cager. And why are you listening to this podcast for? (laughs) But, uh but no, Jay, you've, you've got a whole outline here, man. This is a, a five or six episode uh, outline. You think you can do it in an hour?
2: I'm going to try. I'm going to speak really, really slowly. Oh, like, like Danger Dan?
0: <laughs> I'm going to have to, everyone, as soon as Jay starts talking, Love reach it, over and push your podcast app to time and a half speed.
2: There
0: you go. So, but, um, but yeah, May is Motorcycle Awareness Month. How many times have I said that?
2: I think five times. Good. Yeah. Say
0: it so, 10 more times.
3: <laughs> <so your laughs> tongue
2: yeah.
0: And then maybe May will sponsor us for the show. The month of May, will say, we'll, we'll give you a few bucks for that podcast. But, um, but yeah, no, it's uh. motorcycle.
2: Yes. Yeah, yeah, so let me take over for you. So anyways, it is motorcycle awareness. <laughs> <a> <laughs> it's okay. Jackie. I got this. <laughs> Uh yeah, so it is the month of May and uh you know And it is motorcycle awareness. So, So, you know, every day obviously we want people to be aware of motorcycles, especially if you are a motorcyclist. I think generally, especially if you drive a car, I know for me that when I get behind four wheels, which is like maybe twice a year. Um, I definitely drive differently because I'm aware of what it's like when I'm on the road as a motorcyclist, you know, I'm always checking my mirrors. And the funny thing is I was talking to Dana about this earlier is that, um, when I get in a car, I actually start to feel anxiety. Like I don't feel anxiety on the bike, but I feel anxiety in the car because when I'm in the truck, like, I feel like I have to look more places, but it's wider (coughs) Because I'm used to lane splitting in something that's like, what, 33 inches wide? Yeah. So now I'm in a truck that's, what, like four feet, four and a half feet wide. I and thought so- you were going to
0: say 43 inches <laughs> wide. And I was going to say, you <laughs> don't even know how wide cars that's are, do you? That's a little smart truck. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? There has been a couple times where... um Like the next day after riding my motorcycle all day, I'll be in my car and I'll see a thing. And I'm like, oh, I could all make that. Oh, God, I'm in a car. Like your mind. Like, yeah. Yeah. You want to
3: drift in the lane. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I can't can't swerve around in my lane anymore. No, no.
2: Yeah, because like. I get to have
3: no amounts of fun now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So because I was going to the store the other day, I had to run some errands with Ashley. And so I was in the truck. And so I'm looking at the white lines because that's what I usually look at when I'm on the bike. But then I'm like, okay, wait. But then how close am I to the car on the right because yeah. it was messing with my perception. It was totally yeah. weird. But, um, <clears throat> but yeah, so talking about awareness, uh, you know, it's something that should always be talked about. Uh, but May is especially – it's just kind of like a month where we talk about it more loudly and get people's attention and kind of educate I- – not-
0: yeah, I, go ahead. I think, I'm sorry. Yeah, I think it's because it's the only month with an M in it, and so they're like, "Listen,
2: <laughs> ah, what clever about March." <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> oh, we forgot Dane, about that. Dane one. got it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you totally just derailed my train. Sorry. <laughs> um. God damn you.
3: <laughs> but it is motorcycle. It's motorcycle awareness, it is motorcycle awareness, month. awareness month. And it's in May.
2: Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. Back to what I was trying to say before. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's important to uh, educate not only drivers, but also motorcyclists. Um, I think... Just because there's sometimes a lot of assumptions that we have that we operate with. I know myself I do. I have a lot of bad habits that I have that I need to break that I'm still working on. So, um, like, I will probably focus more on speaking about the education of motorcyclists during this time. Just because the way that I feel is that cagers are cagers and half the time they're going to do whatever the hell they want. And um, it's harder to relate to them. Um, even when I've spoken to people and I try to like humanize the element, like this could be somebody's brother, sister, whatever, there's still like, I think this disconnect. And I think it's ultimately because when you're in a car or a four wheel vehicle, you have something that's literally protecting you from all around. It's not bulletproof, but it's going to protect you more and it's going to make you feel safer, even if it is an illusion. And, um, so it's harder for them to relate. <clears throat> so, well, let me say first off to give a shout out to Lance from Canada. <laughs> um, he is, a, I don't know he's one of the listeners, a loyal, loyal patron, and um, he Dude, was. Dude, I think
0: he was the very first he patron. Was telling me about yeah. that
2: that he suffered through, it, and I was like, "Man, you totally have my uh, I respect." Because wait, that's what did he hardcore. suffer
0: through? I meant he was the first patron.
2: <laughs> I <laughs> mean, he enjoyed him? every second. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Every second of the show, yeah, he did suffer. There's some of the, some of those crappy first ones were pretty bad. Um, in retrospect,
2: yeah, but so he's from Canada, like I said, and he volunteers at a nonprofit. It's called uh, Alberta Motorcycle Safety Society. You can find them at a b underscore a m s s on Instagram. And a bamass? Is a, that- ba- a bamass? Huh. <laughs> um, a. I underscore e h um you're scrolling past what i'm trying to say oh whoops <laughs> a bam
0: uh, ass that was my nickname in high school by the way
2: so he uh, recently did a um <laughs> event he volunteered at an event i believe he told me he was making some pancakes um but it's about you know making awareness for people up our our northern neighbors. And so he sent me this clip that was really interesting because they um, <clears throat> also have like videos and stuff that they put out in media so that it can kind of reach a wider audience.
0: Yeah, and we can't play YouTube stuff on uh, I,
2: If I play it, will it pick it up on the microphone?
0: I could turn it down.
2: Like it will it be too loud or not? It might be. I've got a copyright
0: Thing lodged against me for playing YouTube videos in the
2: Oh yeah! <gasps> oh, yeah? Can you
0: believe that? You so would
3: I- never.
2: Yeah. Even though this is a nonprofit, you know, do you think, he, and it's only had 164 views. Do you think you'll get? I
0: don't it? Know. I don't want to take a chance. Oh, okay. It's their, it's their material. I don't want to infringe on their rights. Well, anyways, to it. well, let's just let's get their message out. Yeah. Uh, so
2: to paraphrase it, like they show a woman, she's getting into a car, and then at the same time, there's a woman who's getting onto a sport bike, and it says. Uh, so like,
0: already, this is totally wrong. Like this is totally. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, they should both be on the motorcycle. I don't know what their problem. but anyways well played uh it says like it's the same person so this is supposed to be the same person going and it says same commute but it says different risk so obviously like i was saying you know you have different risks when you're on a motorcycle and the interesting thing that was a takeaway for me from the video is that they said that a statistic i believe this is like in relation to canada but um Many, or if not most, accidents in urban areas are attributed to excessive speed by, drum roll Moose. please, <laughs> by motorcyclists.
0: I have a drum roll. <laughs> am, I, am I a little too late to come yeah, to this party? Yeah, I think party? you're
2: a little too late. All right. You have to throw it in later. All right. Um, and so I know it's a hard fact to swallow, but unfortunately, it is a reality. And you know what? Like... I'll raise both of my hands because I'm totally guilty of this. Um, just like I've mentioned before on the podcast, like the first daylight day that I mm-hmm. took the banana out, I got a speeding ticket. <laughs> so,
0: yeah, I remember that message. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jay got a... <laughs> you're like, oh. I love this bike.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Uh, this is how and I'm I'm I gonna...
0: got a ticket. <laughs> I got a speed award and it was great. Ready. Yeah.
2: I had to pop the cherry on that baby. I mean, it's not a real bike Didn't unless you Didn't you do it again later, seat. too? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally a month later. <laughs> that time it was on the freeway. But that guy was... Not like, I'm not going to say anything because I don't want... That one. Hey, Jay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Motorcyclist. There's your general. Ger- yes. Motorcyclist was the correct answer. Um, yeah, you know what? Uh, I have to say that... Uh, a lot of people cite the Hurt report for information, but that thing is like from 1980 something. There was another one done in 2015, and it pretty much had the same conclusions. And it's like the C- California Highway Patrol found that most people that crash motorcycles in single uh, accidents, you know, are running into stuff, uh, running into the back of other cars, mm-hmm. you know?
3: overshooting mm-hmm. turns, overshooting and- turns,
0: yeah, or. There's those rad... I see them all over um, YouTube where the guy's like, looking back at his buddy, popping a dank hoolie, and then he looks forward and, <laughs> and he smashes into mm. a car. Or he's not. He's looking, and he's just not changing lanes. Yeah. He's like looking to change Drift, lanes, and when he looks yeah. back, he's into the back. He, he yeah. should have just changed the lane,
3: right?
2: Yeah, well, the reality is is that bikes are more fun when they're going fast.
3: <laughs> into the back of stuff, apparently, too, yeah. <laughs> or if they're on one wheel. Or on one <laughs> oh, yeah, wheel.
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. Even more if it's on one wheel yeah. and drifting at the same time, yeah. right?
3: <laughs> you one-handed
0: legally cannot lane split if you're on a trike or sidecar or if you're doing a wheelie because it states well, right I've
2: i
3: never thing. heard that about the wheelie
0: the codification says I can understand two wheels on splitting. the road oh, and really? uh uh-huh, it states right in the hmm. chp co- well, also, I code think a two wheels that so, says that's
2: like endangerment i don't know what the word doing a is. wheelie yeah doing a wheelie on social. but street.
3: it's reckless endangerment yeah I wouldn't the, be surprised. There's a
2: video of like some sport bike guy who got pulled over and um like the cop was beating the hell out of him because I think he even like ran into him to make him stop, but it was because the guy was. Is that was, the like, guy wearing a cut? I think so. He was a yeah. sport bike On a rider. there a bunch bike? of guys
3: like, nearby at an yeah, intersection. Yeah, yeah, I saw that yeah. video. That yeah. was it. Yeah. He
2: got messed up, dude. The cop just like basically the cop ran sideswiped him. him. Yeah, yeah, I
3: saw. I know what and you guys down said. and then all was, the guys There was like a separate up.
0: club like over watching it happen. and they pulled over and rev so he couldn't call for backup. Yeah. I don't think it worked. I think the guy is still
3: <laughs> Well, none of them really did anything. Yeah. They all kind of got off and like stood around. The I one, the one guy tried cool. to pick up his bike for him and the yeah, cop like, pushed him I over. I wouldn't they got
2: video of it. That's um the
3: cop it. looked so nervous. I don't yeah, he did. Yeah.
0: I don't want to I I would too if I had a bunch of you know, was like, at, frothing, at least you're probably you're like, like bikers, 20 people yeah. there. I don't want to get off topic from motorcycle awareness, but I do want to say <laughs> that I don't there's a difference between like being a... videotaping an active what you think is an act of aggression, and then sm- smashing a cop in the face so some dude can get away that you don't really know what he did. You're at an intersection yeah. and you see him get hit. Mm-hmm. Maybe he was just robbed a bank or like killed somebody. Yeah. I don't know. But it, was, I was watching that going, dude, you just hit the guy with your car, and then I yeah. was like,
2: I, I think that was totally, totally uncalled the for. Did. I don't know how that ended up shaking out at the end, but um.
0: there's <clears> been <throat> a few times where the cops have had to pay the like the one that the guy where. It was this is a few years back where he rear-ended the guy at the stoplight. Ooh. Or he got out and did the karate kick on him. There was two separate, a couple separate ones. Yeah, it's
2: actually several times where cops will literally, like, almost run you off the road. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I heard or I read something briefly that they are saying that LA, I think it's LAPD or some of the sheriff's departments are changing their policy on high-speed pursuits because it's been so, there's been, like, reckless endangerment yeah. of pedestrians and uh, people in cars yeah. and stuff.
3: You mean I think- where they're? They're just going not to chase.
2: Yeah, the they're going.
3: Yeah. They've done that in other states. I think mm-hmm.
0: they're just going to shoot him now, right? And so, <laughs> Did you yeah. ever
3: see that one of that guy doing the wheelie and the cops got the taser pointed at him out the window? I saw it. Yeah. He's like, "Oh, nope." And puts yeah. it down and like flies yeah. off.
0: Should we be aware of that stuff, Jay? I'm sorry. Yeah, I
2: think we should be aware of all of those <laughs> things. It's very very important. If you're going
0: to do a dang coolie, <laughs> do it somewhere responsible where you're not going to take out other people and run into the back of the cars. Yeah. Because we are That'll add to the statistic that we don't want going up.
2: So um, going back to the speed thing, you know, honestly, it doesn't – what I learned, the lesson I learned was that it doesn't take much to make a bike go fast except for Spamala. That one doesn't count. (laughs) How dare you? How
0: dare you? Oh, wait, 60 miles? Yeah, you're right. Actually, I'm looking at your numbers here. Yeah, you're right. miles per
2: hour. I don't think that quite qualifies. But um, So what I learned, like, you know, On the throttle, you have what? How many inches of travel is it for a full turn? One inch, one point five, like max at most. Yeah. If Wiggs was here, he would probably know. He would. um,
0: He would say a number, and we would just say yeah. It's got to be close
3: to like one inch. Yeah, it's about about an inch.
2: It's about an inch. So it doesn't take much. Just like you breaking that. If you were to like break it down into like how far? Like for me, a quarter turn. If I keep a quarter turn. I'll get to 60 in three seconds. Yeah. And that's what happened with my ticket because I was just, I wasn't, but I wasn't looking at the this.
0: I went there. one inch officer and that <laughs> translated into hundred miles an hour.
2: Right. But so like it happens very quickly and that's what happened to me is it happened so quickly that, And with my bike, I can't really feel it versus the Harley. Like, I can tell by how much it's shaking. Like, if it starts rattling, then I'm like, okay, I'm going too fast. But with the banana, it's fairly smooth. And that's why when he pulled me over, I didn't even realize I had been speeding because it felt so smooth. You know, so that's why you – that's where awareness and, like, I think the word that I like is mindfulness. And that's kind of like what we were talking about, um, Dane and I, in our conversation is just being mindful – when you're on the bike especially like for me i do like a hundred percent of my commuting in an urban environment so crowded crowded
3: very crowded crowded okay
2: so on the way here i had to go straight through the heart of downtown la at rush hour i almost got hit by five buses um three lifts Cut me off. Um, somebody, a lift opened his door to spit out of it. So I almost in traffic? got. Traffic? Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. it was stopped. It was at a light. And I, I slowed down and, like, literally he was one car length in front of me. And then he just, like, threw open his door and spit out the door. So uh, that could have ended nasty. Um, there's, like, homeless people wandering around in the street.
3: There's- <laughs> between the cars. <laughs>
2: between the cars. Yeah.
3: I almost, I was coming up on a guy fast one day. That was just standing in the lane split lane. Yeah. He was way, He was like six or seven cars away from the light.
2: Yeah, and I, I only a, saw
3: him at the last second because he was like going between cars, and I was like, oh, And I split over and took that, the other the side. Same
2: thing happened to me. The light turned green, and then this guy just like pops out right in front of me, and then I honk my loud <laughs> he ass pops horn. Pops out. He did. He the literally popped. popped out. There I was like, a Surprise! bush. This <laughs> sounds funny, but there was a bush. and He popped out of the bush. <laughs> oh, shit. And ran across the street. Well, and that, so happened.
3: Then he hid in another bush on the other side. <laughs> yeah.
2: <It's like laughs> #hashtag LA It was LA. actually he was gotcha. walking with the bush, you know, like in the cartoons. Yeah. Oh my god.
0: Or you. You were, you were standing still and these bushes kept going by you. You're like, I don't
2: think I I'm like, moving. I've seen the same bush for five miles. What the hell?
0: Wow. Um, so.
2: But yeah, and that's not even the half of it. Like literally, so. Hobos,
0: I lifts, buses, and guys popping out potholes, of bushes. LA people, I'm telling you. LA traffic.
2: Crowded. Um, just, crap on the street. Yeah, crap on the Literal. street. Literally. Yeah, crap, yeah, I have land. a couple of pictures of yeah. the crap on the street. Um, like uh, lots of construction, unexpected construction. So they'll just shut down a whole lane, and then people start freaking out. And, it's, and like
3: fast too. Yeah, no and no that, mer- no that room happened to, to me. Some
2: lady in an SUV just like busted right to the left, and I was like, "What the hell?" Like honking at her, mm-hmm. and she was, and she looks at me, and she's like, "Oh, Whatever. what's your problem?" Whatever. Like she was mad at me, yeah. you know, and so. That's where I do
0: have to say they give you about a whole 60 feet from where they're going to start merging lanes to where they have that sh- actually shut off. They put about s-
2: That's not what they did at this street. Oh, no, like, no. No, I'm no, saying 10 like cones. instead that of
0: doing instead of doing like a quarter mile mer you know, slow merge, they do it like 60 feet behind the truck. They're like, "Yeah, we put 10 cones and like Yeah. No, this was like we ran
2: a,
3: out of cones. It was like <laughs> how at many we had. Degree
2: <laughs> yeah. angle deal like, with it. Just make like, it oh, work. Yeah, yeah. Merge right now. Yeah. And um,
0: that's what I'm saying. They they wait till you're at the back of the truck till you're merging over, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the truck with the thing that you can see for three miles yeah, that yeah. people don't well, get over on, until there's this cones. Well, this was
2: on a city street, though. So it was yeah, just I know. like they didn't even have yeah. those trucks or anything. It was oh, just I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you.
0: Uh, and the city streets are um, I think I saw last <clears throat> last night on the news that there was a Instagram or a Twi- Twitter post going around of people in L.A. Uh, going out and buying bags of asphalt and like filling potholes themselves on their streets because they're sick of waiting for the... After this crazy rain we've had this Mm -hmm. year, they're sick of waiting for the city to get around to doing it. Yeah, there's... Yeah, we had quite a lot of Five miles from
2: here, I had to make like a U-turn, so I made a U-turn on this one side street, and it was like... Being in some backcountry because of all of the potholes and you, just. And you wish
0: you had your triumph.
3: Gravel, you, yeah. I yeah, I
2: needed the tire. V
3: bike. For I'm this. convinced that they send the new CAL trans workers to Southern California to practice. <laughs> and then once they get good, they send them up <laughs> yeah. to Northern California. Yeah. But we have all the rookies.
2: Yeah. It, I mean, I'll, I'll see them like repave a street, especially like they did it on the 710. And it'll be nice and smooth for one day. And then literally the next day, it's just like there's. 18-wheeler tracks in it there's like big ridges and potholes already yeah. they do a shitty do- shitty job of like the asphalt around here
0: yeah well and it's soft and you get big trucks rolling over it and they gro- groove it right away you know yeah. they make the it's like a w and you have to yeah. like pick a rut which you're gonna ride in exactly and, so, and then
2: you're
3: trying to lane split. And then
2: you got <laughs> Yeah, it. that's what I told that story a couple of podcasts ago where I had this. it was raining. And so it was downtown L.A. by Santa Fe um, where there's this trail uh, railroad track. And so all the vibration had created this giant ridge. And so there were puddles, and I couldn't see the depth uh, of where I was. And I went to put my foot down. And I was literally on the ridge, and so it had dropped down. It's an
3: extra, like, six inches yeah, down. Yeah, literally.
2: And so I was like, oh, fuck. I yeah. can't feel And it's raining. And, and then you no step on a patch see. of gravel. Yeah, that's what I was really, I was anxious. <laughs> you're
3: like, I was just going to put one foot down this time, and it yeah. lands on a patch of gravel. And then I was like, well,
2: I could roll forward, but the train track was right there, and it was raining. So I was like, that's not a good idea. Yeah,
0: we were talking about this last week, huh? Yeah. Yeah. You never know where you're going to put your foot down in. Exactly. I've lane split on uneven gravel or on uneven lanes, too, where they were redoing it. And so one lane had, like, mm-hmm. two... Like the extra inch yeah, or like two. Yeah, like, fresh, beautiful mm-hmm. asphalt. And the other lane's, like, five or ten years old. And that, like, little... It's It's like a step. And it was nuts. And I was like, oh, oh, oh." every time I'd hit it, I'd kind of freak out. I'm stepping up an inch. In
2: LA right now, they're doing the, they're extending the metro um, line. So that's going down to, I don't know, it's going to go from like South Central to, I don't know, connect to Venice or whatever. So, <clears throat> they're working underground they're tearing stuff up so they have those big sheets of metal yeah I
3: hate those yeah sometimes and, they put them in upside down on accident and yep. they're perfectly smooth on top yep
2: and then there's like sometimes they they don't make them flush and they'll be sticking oh, yeah. up it's like yeah. three inches yeah. and like one time I rode over the it was the
3: kidney puncher yeah
2: I, well I rode over the corner <laughs> the of it because they were butted up to each other and I was like fuck I hope that doesn't fuck up my tire yeah. you know what bend I
3: mean? a rim well yeah. sometimes the corner is poking out too that's what and I was you could, saying you could slam into yeah.
2: Easier. Uh so literally just what I'm trying to say long story short it, it is in an urban environment you got to have number one consistent restraint and you got to have mindfulness. It's not easy and I'm not trying to like be preachy about it cuz I mean on the way over here I cannot confirm or deny that I <laughs> may have been breaking some laws but you know I do have to like dial it back occasionally or I try to do it more often actually. so just taking it a little bit further you know things to remember you know we are still a smaller vehicle than cars and car people in cars are just they're looking for other cars they're not looking for motorcycles so you just constantly have to remind yourself about that and we have to hold ourselves to a higher safety standard You know, like, try to be as safe as possible um, and never experience an avoidable accident. There's a lot of accidents that I've had that when I look back at it, I'm like, okay, I could have done something different to avoid it. You know, and I think that if we really took an honest, long, hard look at the spectrum of accidents that have happened, we could probably find a large amount of those that could have been avoided by the motorcyclist's actions. Yeah. For sure. <clears throat> and like I said, I'm not trying to like shame people or whatever. It's just, I don't want people to die. I don't want people to get hurt. And so that's why it's important to talk about it and like be honest with other motorcyclists and be like, Hey, you know, like I care about you. We need to make sure that we're being a little bit more aware.
0: Yeah, I'm going to toss a statistic out. Let me type it in the computer here real quick. Yep, but it looks like it's legit. You got to trust this.
2: <laughs> I'm just, I, why did I just see like a puff of smoke come out of you, your butt? <laughs> well, because I'm about
0: to talk some, I'm blowing some out of my butt. Um, I would say that uh, like miles ridden, um, motorcycles probably get in more accidents than Cars, you know what I'm saying? I can't go for more. Every morning I listen. Well, I used to listen to the radio and they do the. We, me and Wiggins have talked about this. They did the traffic on the tens or whatever. Like every, you know, 610, 710, 810, 910, 1010, they're doing the traffic. And all the way up until about 10 o'clock, from like 5 in the morning till 10 o'clock. Every damn time they do the traffic, Mm -hmm. there's at least a motorcycle down. So that's four to five motorcycles within this one show. Just I only listen to one show for four hours. And every time they do the traffic, there's a blah, blah on the 405, a bus stalled on the 710, oh, and a motorcyclist down on the 105, or a motorcyclist down on the 10, whatever it is. There's always always a motorcyclist down. Uh, During the rain that we had, there was one time where they had, we have a motorcyclist down on the 405 and... Like the mm-hmm. the five or something like that, like the five connector to the blah blah blah, you know. And I'm thinking, man, two in one report this time every damn morning. Yeah, every morning there's one. So when I think about the miles driven, um, and this this is crazy because cars like thirty eight thousand people die in auto accidents every year. I don't know if that's includes motorcycles or that that's just autom- <laughs> autos, but um, miles driven, I feel like motorcyclists have. Uh, cr- more crashes just because we can have solo crashes where cars don't usually I've seen a few actually I'm not saying there's impossible anything's possible if you much easier enough. to
3: crash a motorcycle solo than it is to crash a- And we you usually, gotta do a lot wrong in yeah. a car yeah.
2: yeah I mean I've I, I hate to admit this but there's been times where I've fallen asleep behind the wheel like because I worked when I worked graveyards and I'd be leaving at like 9 o'clock in the morning after a 10 hour shift and like 5 minutes after being behind the wheel I'd be like I'd kind of like jolt yeah. awake I'd be like where the fuck am I? Like, <clears throat> I just started zoning out. I forgot what the word is. Uh, there's a word for it where you just start to zone out. And yeah,
0: you're Like yeah.
3: autopilot.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, the,
0: there's one called, um, like, yeah, now I'm going to forget it too. I just had it. Something psychosis where, like, you're on the, the you're, you're just getting, like, lulled to sleep by the sound of the road and the warmth of the cabin, and yeah. you zone out on the red light in front of you, and because uh, you're just seeing other brake lights, and pretty soon it's just a sea red, and you're just—I uh, forget what they called it, but it was something like. When I mean, you start staring at headlights. Yeah, kind of yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll think
2: of it later. But I remember there's a turn, and there's a, a it's guy. A, on it's it-
0: alliterative too, like freeway. Uh, <laughs> I can't remember it. Nerdy narcolepsy or yeah, something like that. Yeah. But I, you know what I. This is crazy. I used to work crazy early mornings at the body shop, and then used to have to go to, like, training in the afternoons for, like, you had to get recertified every few years for, like, welding and, like, procedures and all this stuff. And it was a hell of a drive to the shop where they were doing these classes because a state-certified board has to put it on. And I had been up all morning working all day, driving to this (laughs) where we're going to not be leaving until, like, 7 or 8 at night after getting into the shop at, like, 5 or 6 in the morning. And I remember driving and like waking up against mm. the median. And we're driving. I'm driving through the middle of a city and luckily they had medians with trees in it because I was r- that sucker was pointing me straight down the street. Yeah. And it's all because you're rip- you know you're um Recumb- you know you're reposed a little bit you're recumbent yeah. or whatever you know like mm. you're laying back like you're you're basically in a lazy boy with the steering wheel
2: yeah it's you cars, do that on- especially more modern contemporary cars they make them much more comfortable than they used yeah. to be back especially in the
3: day like sedan, anything yeah. low to the ground it's like yeah i don't like driving those cars if i yeah. drive anything it's like a truck or a van and i've got that seat jacked <clears throat> all the way up
0: yeah i'm mm-hmm. like I've never got tired on a motorbike. I've got listen. This is weird to say. I've got tired, but I've never got sleepy like yeah. I have in a car on a motorbike. But imagine if I did. Imagine if I had closed my eyes. There was another time. This is uh, many, many, many years ago. Um, I w- I woke up. I-, I was like, "Oh, here's my exits coming up," and I blinked. So I thought, you know. And then I wake up to like this, and I open my eyes, and I'm on the goddamn side of the road, yeah. like. I'm in the dirt. Yeah, I think
2: what happens (laughs) on the motorcycle is since you're more physically engaged, because I've had this happen where I was so exhausted. I rode up to the coast like late at night and I was just trying to like get to my destination. So I was pushing really hard. I probably had... Two Red Bulls and like 10 coffees in my system, and I was like at that point, I was just delirious. Like, so that's what kind of sets in is uh, you become delirious. So, my eyes were open, but like things yep. were blurry and like it was slow motion and then fast motion, and I was getting confused. So, I Do think you feel it's like more- you
3: were more conscious of it though, because you were in that <clears throat> motorcycling state of mind. Yeah, well, I
2: had to like pull over to a gas station because I was like getting delirious, like, yeah, I really yeah. was. Yeah cuz like I notice
3: I, if I get even a little bit yeah, tired when I'm me riding too. my bike I'm like ooh but in a car like yeah, yeah I would fall yeah, asleep
0: yeah yeah, yeah yeah I've never I've never done any of that stuff on my motorbike like I've been tired I've been like riding all day and been like damn I can't wait to get home but I've never even like closed my eyes for a second because yeah you when I'm on my bike I'm like 110% I should be like that in my car mm-hmm. and I'll admit like even sometimes I'll be sitting at a stoplight and I'll be like, Oh my God, I can just close my eyes and fall asleep right now, you know? And, um, on the motorbike, you would just fall over. I I just yep. never. It just never. Yeah, uh, for some reason, just, I look also, away
3: for a second, just at a butterfly or something. It, yeah, pretty. <laughs> and I look back. I'm like, oh, I'm on the wrong lane. I'm like going into the other lane. Cool. Right, right.
2: Yeah, I remember after my first motorcycle accident when I was recovering and I was um, in a wheelchair and on crutches and I went back to work. And I was taking the truck and they had like transferred me to the valley, so I had to commute like 45 minutes to an hour, and I was on meds and. There were time. There was a time where I was driving home, and I called my girlfriend. I was like, "I'm pulling over to uh the side of the road, and I'm taking a nap because yep. I'm falling asleep, yep. and this is not good." So like, I've had times where I've had to do that, you know. But that's just because I did. I didn't push through because I didn't want to risk my life for somebody else's. Yeah, you know. I think
3: a lot of people don't do that. <clears throat>
2: no, no, they don't
3: have that mindset, and they don't think about that. Oh, it's, I'm just. I'm three miles from home. I'm almost there.
2: Yeah.
0: I think part of being on a motorcycle too is that you, I mean, you're cold when it's cold out and you're riding. You're cold in your car. You roll up your window. You're yeah. insulated yeah. from that. <laughs> you get it all warm, and it's like being in a sleeping bag. You're priming yourself for sleep. Yeah. Where when I was riding home from Twisted Throttles uh, a couple of years ago, Wiggins pulled off and took a nap. He he. We must have ate something bad there because he had like a bad headache, and so did I. But since I was riding, I couldn't pull over. I didn't want to get home at like five in the morning. So uh, it's only from. Ramona to hear it was only an hour and a half ride, but I mean, it should have taken, you know, it shouldn't have taken that long. But I was freezing. It was yep. in November and I was riding home at like nine o'clock at night because we had raced and then mm. like I left after the races. So it was like nine o'clock at night. We we're riding home or 10. And I had this craziest headache. He did too. We, like I said, I think we ate something bad. Um, I couldn't stop mm-hmm. and I couldn't stop partially because I was so cold yep. and like it keeps you awake. Whereas yeah. if I was in a car and I had that bad of a headache, I, I could have pulled over and slept somewhere, which I probably would have, but also, I could have also turned the heater on and got everything mm-hmm. just right for tucking me in, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like It's well, totally- There was a
2: <clears throat> There's a guy on Instagram who I'm friends with, and he's a commuter in L.A. too.
3: This mm-hmm. guy? Right here next year.
2: one Yeah there's a few of us
3: I just come visit I commute <laughs> for fun Dane is the super
2: commuter He's got me beat On miles Yeah but I don't have commute. to do
3: it In crazy traffic
2: Yeah so I think we We even out with my All of the stuff I have to deal with But there was this guy And he posted some videos And I had messaged him I was like oh yeah I've had things like that Happening He told me the story How one time He came up on this Tesla And it was just like Weaving And mm-hmm. like you know Slowly going to the left mm-hmm. And so then he like Revs his engine He goes around him safely and he looks over the guy was sleeping yep. and the Tesla was on autopilot. The autopilot oh damn. And so That's why. The, so the motorcyclist he honked his horn to like wake the guy up because obviously he the car was still weaving because it, it will do that. Yeah, it's like it's, it's like just going off
0: the lines, right? right. It's yeah. like hey, oh, yeah. and so the
2: guy wakes up and then flip flips the motorcycle <laughs> off. He was For all waking pissed him off. up, <laughs> yeah. And then I told him I was like, yeah, he's mad because you woke him up from his nap because yeah. he was you know letting the car. Do Luckily, its cars
0: are getting better, and pretty soon you will be able to do that. We won't have to worry yeah. about.
2: Well, the thing is, that I, I always know, worry about. Yeah, it. the thing that I have been saying, like this is my mantra recently, is that cars are too safe. They have lulled people mm-hmm. to sleep. They've put them into this illusion that they just get behind it, everything's going to be okay. They can drive reckless, and nothing's going to happen to them. And, yeah, yeah, that they're invisible in some ways, and yeah. I see people drive like that every day. Hey. And the thing is, it's because it's too safe. We need to get rid of the seatbelts. We need to like Listen, make uncomfortable. Take the roof seats.
3: off. Te- get rid of that windshield. <laughs>
0: Technically, yeah. Just you're Just,
3: talking about making it a, a bed now. Them give him a helmet. A give him some perspective. Everyone
2: gets a Jeep Wrangler with the soft top. Take the top off.
3: With the fold down windshield, like the old
0: wheelies. Exactly, and then eventually cars will be so safe that theoretically, you shouldn't need any airbags or seatbelts or anything like that. Yeah. Right? Well, I, I if they're all, all in the
2: meantime. While. Yeah, we have a while. <laughs>
0: hey, for that. I, well, I, I like it. I like where it's going because then when the robots take over and they get all mad, they can drive everyone off a cliff well, see, they, and us they, motorcycles will be safe. <laughs>
2: that's actually a good... We'll, we'll finally have
0: mototopia. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be no traffic. Ah, an yeah.
2: evil plan will soon yeah. come together.
0: I may be uh, funding this, so don't open your big mouth now when we're making such strides in the automotive <laughs> field. <laughs>
2: um... But no, I was talking to Ashley about that because I remember listening to creative writing podcasts before I was on here, wow. and you guys you got were talking. Guts, kid. Before you are famous. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I know. Before I found myself like behind the microphone, but um, didn't you,
0: take much. I won't. I'll admit. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Hey, I need a warm body. Get over yeah. here." But um, I, you guys were talking about the the automatic cars or. Mm-hmm. Autonomous cars. Autonomous cars, there you go. And I remember thinking at the time, I was like, oh man, I was like not pro-autonomous cars because I was like, I don't know how they're going to deal with motorcycles. There's still like, no one's really been talking about that. But now I've kind of changed my view on it because just I'm at the point where with my commute, I've dealt with so much stuff. When I say I deal with stuff daily, I'm not exaggerating. Like I see the most insane things in the span of, Two hours.
3: It's not on one roads. thing ever. It's not one yeah. thing. It's like five, six, like seven say, people. I, I got- mean,
2: if I if I uploaded my video from my commute today, it would just be like yeah. one occurrence after another of all of this crazy shit that I see. Yeah. And so at this point, I'm just like, maybe if we do get – see, the thing is, is I get mad at the drivers because they're not paying attention. They're doing stupid shit. So I was thinking, well, if it's an algorithm – It's going to try to do the safest thing. It's going to try Mm -hmm. to calculate it. There's no emotions attached. Like if I flip it off the car, like nothing's gonna happen. Yeah, it's not gonna. They're not gonna weave
0: through traffic and try to come after (laughs) you like that other guy.
2: Exactly. So I was like,
0: it'll be nice to. It'll be nice to. Yeah. So once I thought
2: about it that way, I was like, okay, as long as we can make sure that it is. Built in to recognize motorcyclists, I think that we can have a better environment to commute in.
0: Yeah, I have an analogy for you. It would, it will. The future, in a way, will be like riding through a furniture store, because you'll have rows and rows and rows of square space that's occupied by a dresser, a bed, or a vehicle. They're all like a same size, like giant king size bed, same size as like a Mazda whatever you know m3 or whatever the hell i don't i don't even know cars <laughs> what the hell but you know what i'm saying a bmw mm-hmm. uh sedan is the same size as a giant bed and dresser set so yep. it'll just be like riding through le- you know what i'm saying lanes of boxes shaped things it won't be people that are weaving and cutting right the car probably
3: make more room for you honestly hopefully if hopefully if you're in control and they're yeah. adjusting for you. The
0: thing it's going to do is that it's not going to, you're not going to have people switch in lanes really fast. And there's still, sh- there's going to be to some degree f- for, you know, until it's fully autonomous and there's no e- steering wheels in cars, there's going to be a little bit of override and you're always going to have to deal with the a-hole that's like, Oh my God, I'm like running behind. So that's the thing with autonomous cars and infrastructure that's getting built like in Europe right now. And it's going to be coming here in probably the next 20 years is that there's, infrastructure feeding the car um, information so theoretically they shouldn't be able to speed they should everybody right. should be going the same speed right, so there right, shouldn't right. be any be slow lane fast right. lane well, right it's yeah.
2: all like I said it's all an algorithm but the, I have two I still have two lingering concerns. Number one is that I read an article that because of these algorithms, I think I don't remember if it was Elon Musk. It might have been him but he was saying somebody was saying that with these cars they will be able to because of the algorithms and the speed millions of hundreds of sensors that they have packed into there you know like they can tell how, what's in front of them what's to the side of them mm-hmm. the person said we'll have less traffic because the cars can literally ride a like uh, drive uh, inches behind each other technically so they you'll could. see these cars like technically you know, six inches apart all the way down on the freeway, you ever see but- <laughs> those
0: demonstrations of drones in the sky doing pictures and like making little uh you no, know what I'm I, saying? I
2: haven't seen that. But you I should can check it out. It.
0: There's some. There's a country that did instead of fireworks, they did lighted drones, and the drones. Oh, and they automated them all. Yeah, they, mm-hmm. they all had different. Yeah, kind of, and yeah. it looked like show. fireworks going off. And then there's all those tests where you see them flying around a room in a seemingly random pattern, but none of them are hitting each other, mm-hmm. and it's because they all have like uh, what what cars have as V2V vehicle. I like the vehicle. Roombas, but. Uh. Yeah, <laughs> uh, pretty much. It's like a bunch of flying vacuums. That's all we need.
3: We just need them to clean our air, dude. And we all need our problems. We
0: need solved. cars <laughs> to have vacuum cleaners underneath and keep our streets clean. Nice. I, and
2: I, I yeah, up for that. Yeah. But
0: theoretically, you're right. But I don't think they will. Just for safety reasons, I think there's always going to be a minimum following distance because you don't know if the car in front of you has the same wear on the tires and brakes as the car. Two in front, the same you know what I'm saying? they're gonna need. And, yeah, they yeah. they they won't do it that. But they, they what what's gonna happen with that is that there will be less like crazy traffic because everybody will be moving at a constant speed. You won't have one guy doing 35 miles an hour on the freeway, or fi- let's let's be realistic, 55 is slow now on the freeway, and yeah. one guy doing 95, and he has to jam on the brakes. Now everybody that was behind him is jamming on the brakes, mm-hmm. and they're all getting over. So there's no like, um, there's no. What's the word I'm looking for? Like unified flow of traffic. Yeah. It's all there was there's several studies done in the 80s, uh, in Japan, <clears throat> even that people were driving in a circle for like hours, evenly spaced. And after hours, the drivers got a little fatigued. One started to slow, speed up, one started to slow down a little bit. It was hard to keep it was hard to maintain a thing because you're not human, right? So it's hard to maintain a perfect circle. Mm-hmm. And even after like an hour, it showed how eventually people were speeding up to trying to Maintain that distance to the car in front of them, and then the car in front of them had been ac- accidentally speeding up or slowing down, so they were stopping, and then everybody behind them is like, oh, crap, our distance, mm-hmm, and then, mm-hmm. and after an hour, it was total chaos, and they're like, yeah. magnify this by every person on the road, you know, and so that's why traffic is so screwy, because everybody's right. not moving at a unified speed, a unified space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think they're going to make it so close that we can't get in between them. Yeah. But well, I hopefully. do feel like it will be, literally, we'll be looking down a lane. Already, it kind of is like, you know when you're splitting lanes and you can, it's like your own lane. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be like that with less of this, you yeah. know. Like, well, I think well, you're
3: going you're gonna to pass each car and each one that you pass is going to like slightly back off to make yeah. space for right. you in case you were going to shift yeah. in. And as you pass, it's going to speed back up. and. and and Close I don't think you'll in. have
0: people jetting over because I think if you're in an autonomous car and you program in the destination, it's going to not wait to the last minute to merge. And it's not going to try and haul ass over to the fast lane like
3: Because they're all going to be going relative, yeah. relatively yeah, the yeah, same yeah, speed yeah. anyways. It's yeah. not going to need to yeah. do
2: that. Well, hopefully, I mean, hopefully once they iron out the kinks, that I will feel This is more. far, far in the future. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, not
3: yeah. – t- this is like – In <laughs> the meantime, it's it scares me yeah, for sure because yeah. – I I'm so accustomed now to factoring for people that are not paying attention that I'd I'd rather do that than assume a car is going to is going to not mm-hmm. hit me mm-hmm. and something goes malfunctions, and it just you know, I yeah. can see that I can usually see the dumb people coming yeah, up ahead oh, yeah, of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, all right, they swerved a little bit. That person's not they're thinking attention. about yeah. I can see them in their mirror, they're looking down, yeah. you know. Yeah, this well, guy that, drifted in that lane <laughs> for a second, came back.
2: Yeah, exactly. Well, that kind of segues into the next uh, part that I wanted to talk about with some of the advice and like hey, just c- y- yes. your little slogan
0: six inches could make um. my day or ruin my <laughs> life.
2: I saw that on there. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, I was um, be when I was talking. Lance I was like oh what if we like we started another organization out here because I know Ashley like sh- during May she just gets like pumped she's like I'm gonna convert everybody into like being aware of motorcycles she goes and to then work. she's all she,
0: quiet she
2: prints, <laughs> no she prints out flyers oh really, she, like, really? posts them actually yeah, like
0: cool. a gorilla uh, she is dude yeah. she
2: actually kind of had this little tiff with like one of the people the administrators because Ashley put it on a window and one of the the entries to an office and the person like came and covered it up and then Ashley took the thing off to make it visible again. <laughs> She's like guerrilla
3: warfare. She's like I the least likely person. I can see going to fisty cuffs over that. Yeah,
2: uh, yeah. So she'll print out things and stuff. But um, So I was trying to think of a, a slogan and I was like, I came up with this one, but then after I thought of it, I was just like It's funny. That's I terrible. gave my yeah. wife three
0: inches twice and now I have kids and it ruined her life. So it did make my day ruin her life. <laughs> yeah, so I was like six inches could
2: make my day or ruin my life. And then I was like that could be taken so wrong. Wasp, but, <laughs> waspness.
0: Yeah. <Yep. laughs>
2: yeah, I saw that. Um, but like, really, it is, it's just about if you see a motorcyclist in your mirror, you just got to move over, over a little bit. Like, it's not, we're not asking to take over your lane. Yeah. You know what I mean?
3: And it's not going to affect you yeah. at all. When yeah. you're not going to get anywhere faster in your car blocking a motorcyclist. In fact, you get places faster by letting motorcyclists' mm-hmm. lane split past you because yeah. they're no longer a factor of the.
2: Yeah, it, studies have shown that motorcycles... I love that old
3: statistic. I tell people all the time... That, that motorcycles know, they, relieve if, traffic? You no, know, that they found in LA, they did a study, and they found that if one out of 10 cars were on a motorcycle, instead it would lower traffic congestion yeah. by 50%. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Which took me a while because I'm not that smart. To compute <laughs> that in my brain, I'm like, how does 10% go to 50%? But it totally makes sense because you're just removing yeah 10% of the cars yeah. from yeah. the equation. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, we're we're coming up on an hour. We're at an hour. You guys want to take a little quick break and then come back with personal advice and all that great yeah, stuff. Yeah. Cool. All righty. Well, hey everybody. I did want to say uh, it's been fun. We're going to come back. I want to find out what Dane's all about. Uh, <laughs> uh, I know Are you sure got, about that. I know. No, no. Let's keep it. Uh, let's just keep it a mystery. <laughs> and uh, Jay has uh, personal advice coming up. And I want to remind you guys of something. You guys remember this little ditty? If ugly bikes were a crime You'd be in jail Yours should be cool But it's an ultimate fail You think your ride's awesome It's a huge piece of shit That's only my opinion But it's totally legit I'm seeing <laughs> what your friends do <laughs> When you're not around It's time for Roast My Bike Put it to the ground That's right, if you've got a bike you want us to roast We haven't done it in quite a while And frankly, I'm, I'm a little sad uh, the last bike we got sent in was like a SV650 and then Jay mm. comes riding in one day on an SV650. <laughs> but yeah, if you yeah, got I'm
2: waiting for us to do an episode where we roast my bike cuz I think you could get some pretty good roast on my bike. Let's do this.
0: Next <laughs> next episode, Wiggins will be back. Let's roast Pamela and the banana.
2: Okay, sounds good.
0: We got to do this. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with Dane, the Mang, and Jay uh, JJ Tippy Nene. I thought of that today uh, when I was hanging out with my kids. All right. Uh, we'll be back, right back. We're going to take a quick fast break and uh, smell you later. Bikes for that show. Yeah.
2: I like the craft. That's pretty cool. Aspect. It's fun to follow them. Yeah. Like, I like the Instagram artistic, stuff. creative element. There's some really cool shit that's out there. But at the same time, I definitely like seeing, like you said, stuff that can ride that looks cool. And if I see something weird
3: it. about it where I'm like, you can't ride that because you thought it would be cool to make the handlebars 40 feet in the air and the gas tank in front of your face. I'm like, like, all right, that's not cool anymore. Or the handlebar that's like
2: one inch and (laughs) you mold it with your like index finger.
0: That's not motorcycle aware. Welcome back, everybody. I was uh, sneak uh, recording and I was trying to think of a name for that sneak recording um so yeah we are back that was us talking about well that was you guys talking about custom bikes me personally screw custom bikes um so yeah we are back we're talking about may being motorcycle awareness month and the only month to start with an m unless you think of march or but that month doesn't count november yeah. which is also i guess an apparent month to some people um so yeah Jay going in uh when we last left off with our hero <laughs> heroine Jay.
2: It's she, motorcycle awareness she, month. It was motorcycle <laughs> awareness month and it was
0: May and she said six inches could make my day or ruin my life. <laughs> and that is a very good uh catchphrase. I think that would make a kind of a catchy shirt. You get people's <laughs> attention just like What you know? the hell? Yeah. That's yeah. kind of funny. So, um, you kind of wanted to roll on about the personal advice bit?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I was just kind of like thinking about this stuff when I was on the way over here, too, because I had like several instances where I was like, oh, this would be good to talk about when in relation to awareness. So, um, when I was leaving my job, uh, there was a person, you know, on a side street, and I, uh, the, I looked at them, I made eye contact. And so I slowed down because, like Dane said, like, I anticipate these things. So I'm not just going to assume that they're going to be like, oh, there's a motorcycle. Let me not pull out in front of them. (laughs) That will not happen. No, so I I looked at her. I slowed down. And then she literally waited till I was about three seconds away and then pulled right out. And I just just got
3: filled with anxiety. (laughs) And
2: I was just like, dude, I was just looking. And you know what I do? I I always shake my head. No, I'm like, no, don't do it. Don't do it. And so, and then she does it and I'm just like, yeah. Well, thankfully I had slowed down and I ha- was able to like break. I was already covering the break and then I just went around her. But You're sitting
3: on the other side of the lane too yeah, already. Yeah. yeah.
2: So, cause when I first started writing, I was like, oh, if I make eye contact, you know, I did the. You see the me. Yeah, exactly. The new. I'm a person. Don't yeah. acknowledge I exist. And don't assume that because <laughs> it, they're basically deciding when they're going to kill you because it's. Well I've Not even inevitable. talked with cops
3: before on their big bikes, they're black and white, they've got their black and white helmet mm-hmm. like we see them easily. Most people see cops really easy and they're like, yeah, people pull out on. Yeah. I've seen all I, the time. Yeah. like, I'm on this huge bike and I'm a cop and I still get pulled out on by people that just don't see you. It doesn't matter how big you are, whatever, you're a bike, not a car.
2: And so then there's another thing is that, uh, you know, despite our attempts to raise awareness and like get humanized motorcyclists and be like, hey, you know, I'm somebody's whatever, somebody important, like I deserve to be alive. What I've really discovered over the years, like almost seven years, eight years, almost commuting in LA, is that don't assume that cagers even care because there's people out there that do not care. They don't care if they hit you. There's been hit and runs that were obvious and the person takes off and like just really terrible things that have happened to motorcyclists. And it's just really important to... To remember that because
0: <laughs> that famous case in Texas, too, where the guy did the vigilante justice on the biker that was passing him and
3: he had a girl it's like on, the on the back. a country road, right? Yeah. Yeah. He, no he reason pushed him for off the road into the yep. yep,
2: I've had people do that. And, you know, it's that's what gives me anxiety is like those types of people. Because you see
3: it in their face yes, when you look at I, them. Yep, yep. Or when they don't even, they know you're there and they're oh, like, yeah. I've seen and they don't look at you. mad
2: dog me and then, like, literally try to, like, like play chicken with me and, like, push me, cl- get closer and closer. And I'm just, like, I, I just break away because those people are really dangerous. Yeah. And I had one time on the 405 where I was commuting, and I was just minding my own business. I Interstate
0: 405 for those that are not <laughs> in, the, uh, in the state of California.
2: And so I... <laughs> I was I wasn't lane splitting. I was in the middle of the lane, which is why I don't really like to do that anymore cuz I've been hit almost been hit more often when I'm just minding my business in the middle of the lane yep. than splitting. It's crazy. But so she starts merging, not looking in her mirror, not looking to the side whatever, like just merging over. And I'd like honk my horn and I move o- like out of the way and I'd look over at her and she starts laughing.
0: Like, She's oh, that, laughing. Was crazy. that was, I, was crazy. And I was just like
2: I don't think that's what I was expecting you to do because, yeah. like, oh. I don't think it would be funny if I went down. I mean, I was going at least 65, so it would have been a pretty, like, nasty accident, and I just, it just threw me through a loop because I was just like, why the fuck are you laughing, you know? And, well, it's,
3: like, borderline psychotic. And, but I always I, compare that to, like, if you rode by on your motorcycle and you had a handgun and you just, like, blind fired at a car when you went by. You're like, maybe I'll kill him. <laughs> maybe not. <Yeah>. Oh, well. <laughs> that was fun. I,
2: that, are you in my fantasies that's <laughs> about me. but you know and i've had that and the thing is i've actually had that happen several times where you, you know, shot at people yeah i know yeah. you yeah. told me about it yeah, yeah. i mean well, I'm me ride, it. some so guys fast. mount
3: little bb guns <laughs> to their fender on the front yeah
2: yeah but um i've had it had happen several times where somebody just kind of laughed where they almost hit me or whatever so i think there's a few things to to keep in mind I hate
3: when people laugh
2: (laughs) I know laughing is terrible No fun is allowed
3: Even when they try to scare you on purpose (laughs) You get that Well
0: When we were doing the New Year's ride Wiggins and I were up on the crest And They had salt Not salted But you know that red uh, I guess it's like the California version of salt It's like that red stuff They put on the snow and ice Mm -hmm. Uh, It might Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's salt But I don't think it is But anyway We're That was all over the roads up there Because it it had just snowed And we were going up for the New Year's ride And uh, This lady in a Toyota Yaris or something is doing like 15 miles an hour up there on the crest. Have you ever been on the crest before? I don't oh, think so. It's a beautiful mountain road that is like uh Southern California's racetrack. You know, like motorcyclists go is up the there. Is the
2: crest the same one as Mulholland? Is no, that the other name? No, no that's different,
0: right? Yeah. You 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 you're gonna go up to the crest with us uh this um next New Year's ride. We're gonna take you. Okay. But it's like basically Angeles Crest, and it connects LA to like the um, Wrightwood. Oh yeah, it goes all the way way across these mountains that you can see up here. That's why I was pointing up there earlier when you were asking Mm -hmm. about them, uh, because the fire wrecked all the roads up there a few years ago. Yeah,
4: yeah. And
0: uh, it's beautiful up there and just crazy curvy, twisty mountain. You know, it's like carving a canyon. Only you're up in the twisties because you're on top of the mountain. And uh, they had salted the roads. And this lady, there was me. And about five triumphs and like a couple other cafe bikes behind me. And um we were going up there on the New Year's ride, and we kinda like to rip up there. I mean, we're not mm-hmm. like trying to kill ourselves, but we, it's fun to go at a fun pace.
3: It's mm-hmm. a mount it's a twisty mountain, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, supposed to go fast and we're and on around like, a motorcycle. Yeah, yeah.
0: And they're on cafe racers, and you know, and I had passed all them, and then I get up behind this car, and I was like, Oh, I'm not gonna pass her. We're on like blind corners, you know, I'm not gonna be stupid about it. But at one point, there was turnoffs, and she wasn't turning off. And we're doing, like, 25, and she's not so turning discourteous. off. So mm-hmm. And then I, I look in the rearview mirror at one point, and we're all stacked up on our bumper at this point. Like, I was, I was getting frustrated, and I'm a pretty mm-hmm. chill dude. And she starts laughing in the rearview mirror. And I'm mm. like, motherfucker. And right about that... It's like
2: that, a power trip, dude.
0: Before the... I said, "Motherfucker!" And before the last part of that could get out, I hit some of that stuff, and i, I went sideways. I didn't fall, but I mean, it started to squiggle, hmm. and I—and I motioned to the dudes behind me, like, "Oh shit, look out! We're—we're we're hitting! We're riding up!" I couldn't see because I was on her bumper. It's my—my bad, hmm. but still, on top of her laughing at me, I almost eat it, and I was just really mad. And so finally, when the road straightened out, it's double—it's ye- double yellow because it's white. It's twisty the whole way, so they don't want you passing up there. That's why we, I wasn't passing her because there's some yeah. blind turns. Oh, you're not supposed
3: to pass on a double yellow.
0: No, I don't. Not unless you're uh, <laughs> not
3: unless you're extremely familiar with yeah, the road yeah, and yeah. you know exactly how to overtake. Well, listen, ever. Yeah. not
0: unless you're on a motorcycle that's capable of getting your ass back in the lane before the corner, which right. is what we all did. And I was like, I just couldn't believe that she did it for miles too. They were patient. They were. I was more patient than them because I didn't do it at first. The guy behind me was finally like, dude, this is so lame.
3: But You didn't have anyone lead in front and then slow down in front of her that so was, that everyone else could pass. <laughs> you know what? You gotta have someone take that, it for the team. Yeah. And well, then she was already doing twenty
0: five. She was going slower than any of us wanted to. Yeah. So it was the 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 whole point of that is that the lapping is what really killed me. And then <sighs> The fact that she obviously knew at that point that she's going so slow that she's got this group of motorcycles behind yeah. her and she looks in the rearview mirror t- and laughs at her with it's,
2: her buddy. It's a power trip, yeah. plain and simple. It's just like it's they that, know that anonymity they can too control, yeah. that they
3: get in the car. I mean, it's the same exact. Seems you are like. right it's just
2: like it's like the mall cop syndrome it's like you have a shitty life you have shitty elements around you and it's like then you suddenly get in a car and you see a motorcyclist and you can like you affect can them you can yeah. do something it's the powerful.
3: Instagram comments I can, exactly. you know yeah. it's like yeah. I can do whatever I want it doesn't matter like nothing's yeah, gonna happen totally totally. Where the trolls come out
2: Yeah, so there was a video that posted recently, I think Track or Die posted it, where the same exact situation that you said, Junkie, and then um, the guy, was the motorcyclist, was like, dude, like, what the heck? And so finally, someone takes it for the team. And you see the guy, looks back, he has a head, uh, helmet-mounted cam. And there's just, like, this mob of motorcyclists that yeah. passed. Because there were so many that had stacked yeah. up because of this asshole who was just, yeah. like, hogging the lane and going super slow.
3: I grew up country roads. Like, if you were in a car and there was another car behind you and they pulled up, that was your neighbor. They wanted to go a little faster. You pulled to the side yep. and let them by. Yep. But, like, it... So when I get on those types of roads... And someone doesn't let me buy, I'm like, all Dude, right, yeah. I'm gonna get my straightaway eventually. I'm gonna pass you, and then I'm gonna smoke you. And I'm probably gonna give you some little mm. dainty wave to make you yeah. feel <laughs> insignificant about yourself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, my dad, w- where where I w- was born. Yeah, if you don't wave to people, oh yeah, something's yeah. wrong. Like what the world? Hell that world. Guy? Yeah, why is he up here? We're all going to hell <laughs> in a handbasket. So I saw a car that didn't wave to me. Like what the hell? <laughs> Everybody waves and everybody's nice and nobody as being accountable for that nobody drives like a total turd mm-hmm. because they're all they all know each other they all wave and yeah. like like you said like yeah there's a unspoken kind of law that with your buddies that you have uh, established
2: mm-hmm. and so yeah
0: you don't do that sort of stuff
2: yeah so i mean i think it's important to kind of be aware awareness like uh, talking about how drivers think and so there's a few things that uh, that I came up with is like, and Dana and I were talking about this earlier is that some people think that motorcycles are inherently dangerous and that therefore motorcyclists must be suicidal. Oh, yeah. So, because you mean murder if, cyclists? <laughs> so, if you think,
3: and that they're somehow endangering everyone the people else in cars, right,
2: right? And so that's where the callousness I think kind of comes from is they're just like, okay, well, you don't care about anything because you're on this like insanely dangerous machine and so instead of them being like uh, empathetic to the vulnerability of the motorcyclists they just get calloused and they don't really care yeah they're um, going
0: through traffic faster than me they split lanes Well, that, yeah, that,
3: and a yes. lot of motorcycles uh, like, look mean and the stuff we wear we can look kind of intimidating and we're always and it's going like, fast it's easy to demonize yeah. mm-hmm. motorcyclists we're always like, oh, going just fast because we can
0: and so like just going fast yeah, if you want to go
3: fast too get a motorcycle yeah yeah
0: <laughs> Just going fast kind of makes you uh, an outlaw without even necessarily breaking any laws because yeah you're going faster than ever you're at like, cutting you know mm. what I mean? when
3: a lot yeah. of people think like lane filtering is illegal too on top of that
2: though there are some squids out there who do make some some motorcyclists (laughs) what and squidlets (laughs) (laughs) i have squid squid moments i i'm a squidlet i will not lie i like i said at the beginning squids have the most fun not perfect it there's a lot of times where i'm like i hope that was a
0: famous jacques Cousteau quote (laughs) squids have the most fun mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh,
2: a co-worker yesterday was like oh i saw you riding down uh arlington one of the streets and i like, I got kind of like a cold chill because I was like, I hope I wasn't doing a willy yeah, or something I stupid. <laughs> I was just like, Was I flipping was I on the clock when I was doing that? Like, <laughs> you know, um, but
0: they do know you're just forking cocaine <laughs> off of a hooker back in the alley. You weren't on a motor, you weren't being a criminal on a motorcycle, uh,
2: exactly. <laughs> but, um, Yeah, so, and then on the other end of the spectrum, there's people who are, like, afraid of motorcycles and afraid of motorcyclists, and I had a situation where I was splitting down the 710, and um, it's really narrow, there's no shoulder, so you basically have just the width of your motorcycle to split. So, you really have to rely on, like, making sure that cars see you and are aware of you so that you don't like crash and so there's this guy he was pretty far over to the right so I I was on the Harley at the time and I rev my engine I had really loud pipes and I tooted my hon- horn and he your horn doesn't toot <laughs> yeah it goes toot toot it goes, Wah. Uh, I was gonna honk it when I got here but I was like I don't I don't want to be an asshole but um so I honked, and he, like, freaked out, and instead of swerving to the left away from me, because he was on my left-hand side, he swerved towards me, mm. and um, I actually, like, side swiped his car, and it bent my, um, oh, no, he was on the right side, excuse me, and he bent my brake lever, uh, my foot, my fo- foot brake lever.
3: Did you put a good, good gash in his car?
2: Well, the thing is, is I was, like, you know, in situations like that, my adrenaline was running, and I didn't go down i was still rolling so i just kept riding but i had to pull off the fruit and i saw yourself in the
3: situation yeah exactly
2: um but it's just like you know there's people like that where they don't know what to do when they see a motorcycle they will like kind of freak out so that's another thing that can be um a danger to motorcyclists on the road and then kind of like what we said earlier is there's people who are jealous you know oh yeah and they Uh, just every day so many people are jealous So many, even if they don't want to admit it, but you can tell by the looks on their faces, they're miserable. They see you, they're tired
3: of sitting in line. Yeah,
2: and I was talking to somebody else, especially down here. Yeah, I was talking to somebody else recently, and it's just like when I get on the motorcycle, like that is my therapy. I'm enjoying what I'm doing. So, besides the like low level anxiety that I have to manage, as far as like I don't want to die on the road, overall, I'm enjoying being on two wheels it's a meditative experience even though my commute is the shit like and i don't mean the good shit i mean the bad stinky shit even though it's crappy and i have all of these variables good smelling shit (laughs) yeah it's the one that smells like roses but even though it's crappy i still like get joy out of being on the bike and i would not trade it to be in a car because it just, it's something about it. It's what I'm passionate about. And people can see that, you know, and it just kind of like, they get mad about it. And like you had, you've had situations like that, right?
3: I uh, had, yeah, I mean, when we were talking about someone moving towards you, just the other day, like not not too long ago to like construction was coming up, the lanes were coming together and <laughs> the lanes were coming together. And like I was, I was up in the right links, no one was in it. And then the cones appeared and we started merging. So I just merged, I started to merge in where there was a gap and there was a truck in front of me and the SUV where I was merging in and I was just going in super slow, casual, like, yeah, I'm just going to slowly get in that spot. I didn't try to like dart Mm -hmm. in there and be like, that's mine. And I was just like, yeah, there's space for all of us. Yeah. Let's move together. And this SUV pulls up right, like not a foot from that truck. And we're still moving, you know, Mm -hmm. five, 10 miles an hour. And, So like, I pull back a little bit to his window and look at him and I'm just like, what, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. And he jerks his whole car towards me, like to give me a scare. So I was like, okay, (laughs) like I backed off and the cones were spaced so nicely far apart and there was plenty of room in that lane that's getting closed off. And like, I hate to admit it, but I also love to admit it, but like. I hit the throttle so hard, <laughs> smashed that mirror to pieces, went into that construction lane. We cannot confirm where
2: or n- deny this no- story. There's this...
3: nothing in this lane for like a half mile. We do not know mile. if this
2: actually happened. Yeah, Joseph, this is this yeah.
3: is my friend's story. Yeah, this is somebody else. Even, yeah, someone, some other person did this. <laughs> and then just slowed down, merged back in as it, I did before. You know, and just like, there's space for everyone. Yeah, and like, when you're friends
2: who have done that today, actually, that I heard that they hit three mirrors of uh, 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 lift drivers, one specifically that smashed the pieces in downtown LA. That's what I heard. <laughs> the worst is this when is you, your see, friend was when you see the
3: car and they do it to you and then you look at their mirror and their mirror's already been smashed.
4: Oh, yeah. Then I you're like, how did you
3: not learn your lesson yep, already? I your mirror's taped on, it's all yep. cracked. You had to stick like the, the mirror from O'Reilly's onto it so that you could have some kind of mirror. Like, what happened?
2: Yeah, yeah. So, but, like, continuing talking about how drivers think... The last point that I wanted to talk about that and this was another situation that happened today was that um, when a driver is in a situation, especially in LA, we don't have left turn arrows like hardly anywhere. So it's just one green light. It sucks.
0: It's like mostly downtown LA for that. Yeah. Like whatever whatever the, the reason for that. Because is.
2: it's it's outdated. The infrastructure is like from the nineteen fifties. So they weren't like it's not acclimated for, for growth. That's why the there's like one lane streets in downtown LA yeah. like I work in the fashion district and it's like literally there will be one lane and everyone gets out of work at the same time and it's just insanity but so I was going down the street there wasn't a lot of traffic on my side but there was more cars coming towards me on the other side somebody pulls from a residential side street crosses that you know opposing traffic and I see them and I'm just they see me and they're they didn't have a turn lane to turn into. So they were just basically hanging out and f- like, you know, uh p- perpendicular to that oncoming traffic. And yeah, and so yeah. the cars were coming towards that car and they look at me. So it was basically, okay, is that person going to stay there and get hit or are they going to pull out in front of me? And in that calculation, nine times out of 10, the motorcyclist becomes a sacrificial lamb. Like they're going to save their ass and they don't care if they're gonna take you out. Like I've seen Or in
3: that that moment they get scared, they're definitely not gonna Mm -hmm. see you. Oh
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if they already saw you. Yeah,
3: they their mind's gonna be somewhere else.
2: Yeah. So those are again, those are situations. So if you're in a situation like that, you have to anticipate it. You always have to have an exit plan. That's what I'm always doing I scan constantly and just constantly have an exit plan and just be prepared for the worst case scenario. Um, so yeah, that's, that's part, part of the personal advice. And then I wanted to roll over because I know, uh, junkie had told me about the no co moto podcast and they were talking about some of the, uh, awareness and safety, uh, topics and they had mentioned writers and they talked about some Harley riders who don't have taillights, lights that mm-hmm. either work or they don't exist. Um, I know a lot of sport bikes have the, um, like the fender eliminator kits. My bike came with that and, which is nice cause it tidies it up cause the stock stuff is like so ugly. But at the same time, a lot of times it'll either integrate the turn signals lower or into the rear brake itself. And then um, it just basically makes your turn signals like hard to see. And so for me in my situation, um, in what my, situation? <laughs> so, like, me, in my situation, I have side bags. And so when I put my saddlebags on, um, I have, like, I had have little tiny turn signals. They're LED, so they are fairly bright. But what happened is it smushed them down, and yeah. it covered them. And I was just, like, um, I was riding one night with my friend Sonia, and she was like, hey, I was behind you, and, like, I can't see your signals when you have them on. And so me trying to be, you know, aware and trying to do better – Uh, I was like, fuck, I need to figure out a situation. So for me in my situation, I just did a a really ghetto DIY job. On the top of my fender, I put Velcro and I took the uh, turn signals out and I just Velcroed them to the top of the the tail Mm -hmm. above the saddlebags so that you can see my turn signals. I mean, it doesn't mean that, again, it makes me bulletproof, but it's just one more element where I'm trying to like – do my due diligence to make sure that, you know, I'm doing my part.
3: Yeah. I don't know if you saw the turn signals on my bike right now, but they're like right on top of that little luggage rack behind my sissy bar temporarily. Yeah. And if I put a bag back there and I'm riding at night, you can't see me yeah. anymore at all. Like, well, I, mean, I just haven't had time to that's make the, the thing a is new like, bracket I think, yet. Um,
2: and I've noticed this, and I even succumb to Subcumb is I think I think that's subcumbed. Sub sub-cummed. I subcame to the. <laughs> the that's what she said, right? <laughs> bram, 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 bram. Um, no, but I'm getting
0: my sound effects ready for you tonight, really Jay. You're to
2: slow on the sound effects tonight, man. Listen. And so <laughs> it's going to come in awkwardly later, uh, but I didn't realize Jay. how. The, 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 uh, I'm not sure how that was. Really <laughs> that's
0: what you get I don't have a That's what she said Oh okay But that but is But I didn't
2: realize Like for instance On the Harley uh, You know uh, I had issues With my lights going out But they were The stock ones Were not LED And they were not Bright at all
3: The H4 bulbs
2: I, I don't remember With it. the
3: filament Whether yeah, they popping Yeah 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 Yeah
2: and so the thing is, and I've ridden, uh, driven in a car before at night and I've seen sport bike riders, some older bikes, and they just have a little tiny light yeah. and you can barely see them. And you just have to be aware that like check your bike at night, be like, you know, can somebody see this? Is Because when I was on the freeway and I saw the guy on the bike, I almost hit him because I didn't see him. And it was until he pressed his brake pedal and it lit up and I was like, "Oh crap, that's like a little bike," you know. Um,
0: vintage was it a newer guy or older guy?
2: <laughs> was that you?
0: Me. <laughs> I just because I see a lot of vintage guys with those tiny, tiny, mm-hmm. tiny like bluish ones. You know what I'm saying? Like I know a,
2: it was a little circular red one, but it was so dim yeah. and barely visible. And, you know, that's something that's avoidable because t- the the rider can take responsibility. So did you listen
0: there. to Nokomoto from this week, number 66? Yes. Where they were talking about, yeah, your turn signals, you can't tell. They're so mm-hmm. together on the back and you can't, from far yeah. away, you can't it's tell. all
2: integrated and stuff. There's this
0: thing called the DOT, that, which is the Department of Transportation. What is that? Uh, what's that? Yeah. There's a, Never um, heard of it. It's called the Department of Transportation. Did you know May is Motorcycle Awareness Month? <laughs> There's like little March. The other there's only one. Uh, it's
2: actually June. We
0: changed it. Shouldn't it be November because the November? That's when they do the gentleman's ride. November anyway. Motorcycle Awareness Month. Yeah, <laughs> I think we should change it. And let's mustache. Pet- let's petition it. And it's uh, yeah, I like that. Um, they there's a rule. I don't know. Wiggins and I were talking about a long time ago. The certain bikes that didn't have a had a, a whatever. Whatever it was, I was like, "That's not street legal." There, there's like a certain there's distance. a certain
3: width and a certain height off the ground. You're exactly. A certain mm. Oh, that's be, what we were talking need about. To be? Yeah, because <laughs> the lighty things on the back <laughs> yeah, game?
0: those little thingies, <laughs> blanky and which fleecy. mine may be
3: far within the realm <laughs> well, of illegal.
0: Canadia, on the Harley's, you can have like a combo lamp where it's like it's a running light and then and it's Hand red and mm-hmm. then when you squeeze it, it lights up red, even redder. It gets redder. <laughs> um, and they can't and you can have like a side mounted license plate on some bikes. Well in Canada all the bikes have to have a different rear fender because they have to have a center mount. They're like old DOT kind of mm-hmm. rules. Mm-hmm. They have to have a center mounted taillight and they have to follow those weird rules. And yeah, you can't I see some bikes riding and I'm just like, How would, how do they not get pulled over daily? Like they have tiny little um speaking of bike show bikes tiny little things mm-hmm. right on the shock or something
2: yeah they but look it's like, cool i mean they look i may super or may cool. not
3: have a bike with a very tiny tail light right now
2: my did you ride bike. it over here
3: no okay. this one has two very bright lights that are just too close together but <laughs> my other one has a very small one it is led but it's uh close to the ground and on one side of the bike only
2: yeah yeah it's a chopper so
3: it's chop life.
2: I mean, ultimately, you Choppers know, and if, lights, like say yeah, you are riding a bike like that, which is fine. Do what you want to do. Like, I'm not here to regulate people's lives. You want to ride crazy. You want to do all stuff. That's your life. That's your decision.
0: But people won't be aware of you. On but it's just
2: awareness. like, you know, it is. At the end of the day, there is a certain amount of responsibility that we as motorcyclists should take and be held accountable for within our community. I don't necessarily think we should get, like, all authoritarian and shit and, like, start having cops, like, really pound down on it. Like, I'm not for that, but I think that we need to talk about it, you know? Like, we don't want it to get to the point where laws do start to get made and, like, decisions that change That's where it
0: becomes a slippery slope, right, yeah.
2: Yeah, and then it's like once you get the the law enforcement involved, it gets a lot harder to like just manage. You know what I mean? So. Yeah,
0: I think a lot of people were even scared to let the CHP codify lane splitting because it was never regulated. Yeah, it yeah. was yeah. never illegal because there wasn't a law on the book right. saying this is illegal. So they were like, "Dang, now it
3: might make it worse. Right. Like it might make
4: exactly it might that's, regulate that's what exactly I can do." Right? I'm talking yeah. About. yeah.
3: Well, I actually had the the tail thing on my list for today too. And like something I do at night, especially on my bike that I know is a little bit harder to see, is like when I'm coming up to a stop, I know a lot of times people won't differentiate your taillights from the taillights of a car in front of you. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. So they'll never know that you even exist. And they'll come up to that car as if so you weren't there. Has changed, so you right, might yeah. get like lightly rear-ended. Yeah, they think they've and got what like, like 10 I do, extra feet of stopping yeah, distance or and, something. And that's enough to take you off your bike and turn yeah. you into a sandwich. But um, what I actually do at night, and especially if I've got like bags on my back that are kind of blocking taillights, is when I'm coming up to that stop, I'll just do some exaggerated weaving coming up. And then common practice for me is always to stop in that lane split section, even if I'm not going to the front. Because if that car next to me is going to get rear-ended... Even if I get tagged too, it's going to send me yeah, between the cars the instead day of into too, the sandwich. Because there
2: will be times where there's someone on their phone, and like that video you sent of me, a sport bike rider who got rear-ended, and you look back at the, the end fender. of the bike, the and he has a bar fender, on his bike. Car fender <laughs> wedged in his rear, between his fender and the rear tire. <laughs> and he's yeah. just like,
3: "What?" <laughs> but I,
2: like, yeah, during the day you got to do that too yeah. because yeah. the same thing happens where people. All it takes is just two seconds. Look down at your yeah. phone, and yep. it just you can murder somebody
3: i actually now that i think about it i actually do that in a lot of different scenarios in the daytime as well when i'm coming up on someone or i have someone behind me that seems like they're not quite paying attention i'll just have some fun and do some weaves yeah you know, yeah cause I, we all like doing that anyways or you know i'm rocking out to my music i'll make my moves a little more yeah. exaggerated <laughs> yeah. and throw some arms out mm-hmm. so they see me you're like well, or, what's this
0: guy doing which is nice because at least you know yeah, they see they see, they
3: you. see me yeah. yeah they don't they might think I'm a dork. Yeah. and I have terrible things. Exactly. As long but as they, they don't see do me, I yeah. stand
2: up on my pegs. I rock out. Um, when I'm at a stop, also, I'll like um, press my brake a couple times just <laughs> yep. to flash tap it. tap the brake. Yeah I,
0: was say yeah, I flash it when yeah. I when I look I in the tap movie tailgaters. Mirror, mirror, too. Yeah, I'll when tap I see, a, I always cock my handlebar so that my mirrors pointing back behind me now, instead so, like next to me in my blind spot. And if I see a car coming, I'm like, oh, they're in my lane. I'll squeeze the brake a few times so they mm-hmm. see something flashing. Cause yeah. One of the things, I guess, you know, if you're stationary, you're already hard to see because you're a smaller profile than a car, but you're stationary. That's why the weaving works is because now they see like, yeah. oh, mm-hmm. they differentiate. There's extra
3: motion and it's not in line yeah. with the flow of traffic. Yeah. And anytime that happens, it you know, you think, their attention you like think it a plastic their bag attention. flies on the freeway, everyone sees it because yeah, yeah. it's not in this path of yeah, everything yeah. flying in the straight same line. Yeah. You know?
0: So when I'm sitting there and I know I'm not moving and I can't move
3: because I'm at a stoplight, yeah, I tap the yep. brake a couple yep. times yep. I do I'll do other stuff too I'll like yeah. I'll, I'll <laughs> check crank on my to, front brake and rack yeah. my suspension time around to, or like shift my bike around time to
0: know. check for fuel yeah I don't have a fuel gauge uh, I'll rev
3: it and to pop it in neutral because my bike's hard to get in neutral there so i rev and pop it in neutral and then sit <laughs> there with my hands just do a stand up wheelie and like look at people look at the <laughs> sky like look get off of the, the bike sky.
2: you know do yeah. the Chinese fire driving yeah. around Dance, the yeah
3: see if I can get on the high side of my bike if I had
0: a Harley with one of those sound systems I would, like, get off and, like, jam out, like, in the <laughs> lane, hop back on. But even, I was going to say, the lane splitting thing, I always do that, too. Whether even, whether I'm going to the front or not, I always move to the center line between lanes because, I, I, like you said, I don't, A, I want to give a car next to me space to pull up,
3: you know, and yeah. show them that I'm doing this for uh, to reduce right. the space in line. You don't hit that center spot at the front of the light.
0: Yeah, and if I do go to the front, at the center spot and I beat everybody and the next light's red, I pull back there again so that everybody can pull up to the side of me again because it's like all right. to me, I'm like trying to whether or not they actually pull up, I'm trying to demonstrate, yeah, they hey, don't I'm doing a lot this of times. So you're I like, know, come on, I made some I know. space. I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> I, I totally feel like that. And 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 I trying to demonstrate, hey, I left this up so both of you guys could pull up and then then you just have two cars behind you. Especially (laughs) when it's
3: one of those lights that will not trigger off your bike and they're way behind you and you're like, come on, move up. You got to trigger the light because I can't do it. I did
2: that one time. There was a guy, he (laughs) He was like three car lengths behind me. Yeah. I was yeah. like, dude, that's so unnecessary. So yeah. I kept mo- I was like motioning to him and I was like not like angrily. Come on, I was like, you're mo- like come I pointed on. at him and I was like,
3: Yeah, like, come up the, like right here. The thing. I did it
2: for like two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, two yeah. minutes, like come over here. Like I was I pointing actually at the had the to <laughs> get off
3: one time and go hit the crosswalk. <laughs> I've done that, done that, done that, I've that when times. I'm by myself. But when the the one time when I was by
0: when I was there and the car was behind me, like unnecessarily far behind me, they left the whole car space between me and them. And like we're sitting there for like three minutes, and I'm going, dude. And I'm looking down at the sensor, and I, I did that. I turned back and waved to him. They didn't do anything, so I I got off and I walked back, and I was like, hey, you know, <laughs> roll down your window. And then they're like, okay, because it was nighttime too, and they're like, eh. and they roll it down. And I said, oh, I don't think I'm setting off the the sensor i think you're I gonna don't
3: have me- enough non-ferrous metal in my yes
0: <laughs> i said you're gonna have to pull up right behind me and like they pu- they creep for like an inch and i just kept waving like, them until no, they were like almost on, me. on. Yeah, yeah. as soon as they hit that thing boom the <laughs> yep. light instantly yep. turned green and i i just gave them a thumbs up and we took off and it's like it was a busy street there's no i mean we would have sat there
2: forever well yeah. that's the thing is i realized a lot of people don't realize that those are sensors because I was oh, having, yeah. I've had a conversation with several people. It wasn't even necessarily motorcycle related. I don't remember what how we got onto it, but I was like talking about that sensor. And they're like, oh, what that's what those circle yeah. things are? And I'm just like, yes, that's yeah. what triggers the lights. Like a lot of people don't realize it because I see that happen all the time. Like I'm like, it's great that you're not coming up on, stopping on my ass, but at the same time, I don't want to sit at the light for 10 minutes.
0: (laughs) I love, you know, because Spamla is tiny. You know, she's a single. She's skinny. She's also 250. There's not a whole lot of metal there. And I love modern streets that I ride through, like in Pasadena. They sense it. And it's like, thank you know, this thing's fine, but that, you know, it's like.
3: Even mine doesn't pick it up it just depends where, yeah. right i mean it it depends. Just, you depends. gotta really get on pounds. what
2: the trick is usually is you get on th- where the line the groove is or the mm-hmm. corner center your bike right on that and that usually triggers yeah
3: it. if you get the corners too
2: because
3: mm-hmm. it's it's usually a hoop of like yeah yeah, yeah. of uh conduit with all these lines ran through it and the corner has like the most amount of lines per like square okay. inch you know so you can get if you can figure it out, cause sometimes you can see the post and you can see the line mm-hmm. coming out and then you can see the square. Yeah. You can go park like Get right on out. the corner of that square. Yeah, that You might cares. have to roll around on it like a little bit. People
0: are like, what's this guy doing? You
3: just, just like, put your bike completely sideways. How many, I want to know how many people thought that those sensors used to be weight yeah. related? <laughs> I, <laughs> I used I, I used that. to think they were too I and I would that, sit too. there like an idiot at the light like Jump jumping in. on my bike yeah. like,
2: yeah, come yeah. on. Yep. Well, I had one time <laughs> where the, a guy had stopped way far behind me, and then there was, like, a bunch of cars behind him. So there was, like, a... a
0: That's but right, But they were yeah. all
2: behind the sensor, and the light, the light cycled three times, yeah. which legally at that point you can... Go as a motorcyclist, but I was just like waving Not at the guy. Car, and I was just God. like there were a bunch of people waiting, and so I just went through the light. And then I saw in my rear view everybody else went through the red light too. Yeah. <laughs> because they were just like, "Well, if that person's going, I guess I'm you can't."
3: Can. I guess you can. I guess I never thought about it that you can do it in a car too. Yeah, that once it cycles enough, I, I just thought it was just for us. Mm-hmm. Now this the is law just for motorcycles. This is
0: crazy, and I don't want to go down a rabbit hole on it because we're we're getting on long in the tooth on this uh, topic, but. Um, I think at nighttime, too, they shouldn't even have red lights in certain town, ta- like parts of town, mm-hmm. right? Like, if you were living in a rural place or, like, even out here where it kind of gets quiet after, like, 9, and you pull up to a red light and, like, there's literally no traffic mm-hmm. within, like, a mile, you should just be able to well, that's treat like it like a stop sign. Like, yeah, after yeah.
2: I leave for from this recording, when I get home, like, the streets are empty, and I always get stuck at red lights. Freaks are out at night. Yeah, and so it's just, like, I have to often just, like... And it'll be the streets will be empty. So I just often will just go through them because it's like, I'm like a
3: thing they do it in Mexico too. They have like a lot of intersections that don't have lights and stuff. And when they're coming up on the intersection, they just nah, honk their horn when they're coming up. If go. someone else was coming the other way, they would have done the same thing. Yeah, and you, you know, people are coming. And I know
0: in the Midwest too, a lot of towns, like after a certain hour, they flash, you know, so basically they mm-hmm. effectively become a stoplight or a stop sign at that point. And yeah, you just, it's, or they be, or they flash yellow.
3: So it's like you're saying it's like a yield. Yeah, so cool yeah. They just like stop. transition yeah. over or something. Yeah. You don't know, yeah. even have to, you, especially when you're tired and you're coming home, you're like, I don't want to stop yeah. at 10 yeah. lights. Uh, exactly. Where there's nobody that, at. That's
2: how I am when I leave and here. I
3: often. end up running a lot. I live in, uh, especially the ones I know are not going to register my bike. I'm like, <laughs> see ya. Yeah,
0: like Missoula,
3: Montana, there's
0: like literally less people in the state than there is in LA County. Like I don't think I'm going to uh, yeah. offend anybody by not stopping it <laughs> exactly. in the late night.
2: So I know that we've gone a little long. I just wanted to uh, end um, throwing it over to Dane because recently we were talking about like attitude adjustments as writers and like, him and I both commute. Like he commutes a little bit longer than I do, um, but we commute. But you're in
3: the shit. Yeah, I'm in the shit. But they're <laughs> we there balance will, out. Yeah, there
2: will be days where I. How much is your commute round trip?
3: I do about 120 miles a day.
2: Okay, so like um, in the and last
3: then I travel on the off days. Yeah, yeah, cause yeah. I got places. To
0: yeah. Go. Before we get too far into that, Dane, like where are you coming to us from tonight? Like you.
3: Well, how? I was just in West West Hills tonight, okay. so it was just about a. About forty-five minutes yeah. here, but um, I work all the way out in Santa Paula, and then I live up in the mountains above Santa Barbara. So <laughs> it's pretty far. Pretty much everywhere I have to go is at least an hour. Santa Barbara is two
0: mile, two hours from here, right? To your, from
3: here, I would assume it's
2: probably yeah. about, it's about that. maybe two and a three, half. Yeah, so like because Santa Barbara's by um, San Luis Obispo, right?
0: Yeah. San Luis
2: Obispo is way up there. Oh, it's a little bit further Yeah. Santa Barbara's by Goleta, Montecito.
3: Yeah, I want to say Santa Barbara is like
0: a two.
2: Right, 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 right. Maybe two and a
0: half half, or depending on where you go. It's
3: before the 101 cuts in from the coast and goes up into country. All of the
2: non-Californian people are like, okay. That's (laughs) nice. That's why I'm
0: trying to ask him specifically because I want him to be able to look on a map and know where he's talking about.
2: Yeah, but look
0: on a map right now, you dummies. <laughs> so What's a map? But we don't like, use those for, uh, anymore.
2: speaking I to I forgot the how old I was. <laughs> speaking to the hundred and twenty miles, like in the last two weeks, I've um, like been working a lot and having to. Tr- my job requires me to travel, and I've been doing a hundred and twenty. Some days, a hundred and fifty miles, and it's just in like LA. in the in <laughs> LA, like literally Compton, Inglewood, mm-hmm. South Central, like. You're dealing with a lot of variables that are dangerous, that are unpredictable, and, like, try spending an entire day in that shit. Like, it's really insane. And so...
3: 15 minutes of the heavy traffic will just burn some people. Dude, and
0: we were talking before about that those particular parts of town, like, the more crowded and older parts of town weren't made for cars necessarily
3: and the lane weren't that like, many cars yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. they've tried so, to make as many as they can fit oh my god and there's it, not
0: room to split. it's hard to split yeah you can't really split you're you're like you said. You're in the you're in the shit. You can't split.
2: Yeah, and especially the rhyme. We need another rhyme. <laughs> and <laughs> this in is it. Uh, in uh, especially a lot of these streets in the residential areas, there'll be residential streets, and so the person has to turn left. They block that whole lane of traffic, yeah. right? Yeah. And everyone's in a hurry because it's stop like rush fast. hour. So everyone see, oh, sees that person they're like, oh shit! This person's turning, and it's gonna take them like ten minutes to make their left turn because of the traffic. Yeah. <laughs> And so they'll just cut 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 to the right without or looking. On the right side you have people that are like parking or lift drivers who are letting out um passengers so they stop literally in the middle of the lane and then um or to the side like offset so they're not completely in the center of the lane they're just like halfway and so the car will go around them and today I had that happen so many times a person goes around them but they don't check their mirrors because they're they're thinking oh I don't see a car to the left of me so I can just you know there's space so they're not looking in the rear view seeing that I'm like right behind them and I'm trying to split And so, you know, there's a lot of situations like that. But anyways, going back to what I was saying is recently just it's because I'm on the road so much, I've been getting stressed out and like angry. Like what happens to me is I don't really necessarily get anxiety. Um, It turns into rage for me. Like adrenaline and so much adrenaline. Yeah. It just turns into pure anger. So instead of being like, oh, I don't want to ride my bike. I'm just like, I want to fucking murder everyone. (laughs)
3: And, and I, then the, the ones that do just like little things that minor inconvenience you, you're like fuck
2: exactly, you,
3: exactly. <laughs> shit. There's and so, they're just like I forgot to turn on my turn <laughs> signal. Yeah, and there was some- the
0: 85 people before you that yeah. brought this upon you. You yes, it was it the guy is, in the exactly.
3: Corvette that tried to hit me on totally. purpose that pissed me off. Yep. To the guy that just kind of drifted in his yep. lane slightly. Totally. <laughs> or yeah, he sneezed and yeah, he's
0: like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Someone ought to flip your car <laughs>
2: over. <laughs> that's that you're speaking to like real instances that have happened to me in the last two weeks. And so like, there's so many messages that I've sent to Dan where I'm just like, ah, like I'm in rage mode. And so we were just talking about how in order to survive and to maintain a like mental health and stability, and then just like being overall, just generally happy on the bike and not having to feel those things. What can we do to, Adjust instead of just giving up writing. Because some people they've told me I've had people who were former writers, they couldn't, yeah. and they're just like, ah, oh, you know, I either went down one time or I had somebody like a really close call with a car, and I just I couldn't do it anymore, you know. And so for me, that's not an option. Like, I will keep writing until my hands fall off, which is pretty close because I have really bad carpal yes. tunnel right now. But like, so it's about mental attitude. So so Dane, like what? What were some of the things that have helped you recently to to get a little bit better on the road?
3: Well, just to kind of touch on my philosophy of riding, originally – and I, dev- I change it all the time. Like the more and more I ride, it, it develops. But I always told people that I ride aggressively defensive where I mm-hmm. actively choose – To put myself into situations that are safer than the one I was in previously, you know, because I could be riding in a lane. I'm pretty good. But there's like a nice big gap over there that's going to get me away from maybe this car that looked a little fishy. And I'm going to, you know, usually it involves acceleration. Like I'm Mm going to accelerate, move between this and put myself over there.
2: I think and, that's a, when cars see that. That's where I think the attitude of like, oh, motorcycles are dangerous because they yeah. don't understand like, what we're doing. Who do doing. you think
3: you are? Yeah, like, like <laughs> oh,
2: you're just like, you know, hitting the throttle. And it's just like, no, we're doing that because we're looking for the safe exit. We're looking for the space where there's no fucking cars. Or
3: sometimes we just want to get away from that stinky ass truck that we've been having to sit behind <laughs> just and like just eat their exhaust pouring, yeah, just for like 10 minutes. Yeah, just pouring black smoke into your yeah, face. I've had people I've passed like, in gnarly spots you know it wasn't gnarly for me to pass but like a spot that definitely wasn't legal and I just passed them and you ever give them like the stink wave like your (laughs) truck smells stinky that's why I passed you (laughs) that's pretty fun but no like mostly just actively putting myself into safer situations which typically involves moving faster than the flow of traffic and recently I've been readjusting that after I was on my last vacation, but I've, I've kind of more modified it to still staying ahead of traffic, but it doesn't mean that I need to be going 50 miles an hour faster Mm -hmm. than traffic. Mm -hmm. If I'm going five, that's pretty good. Cause usually I would just go, you know, I'll hit my 80 mile per hour mark. On the freeway, that's where I'm probably not going to get a ticket. Mm. That's where I stay ahead of every car not ever. Not necessarily. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Not for some people who are cop magnets, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yellow bikes, get but more tickets. I was recently a on a bit. trip in um, Hawaii, which was really eye-opening. We all think of it as a state in the United States, but it's really like its whole own country. And well, it, it used was at one time. Yeah.
4: Yeah. And it it, but
3: it has a whole different cultural approach to how they travel around and they're all you know tight-knit whether they know each other or not there's only so many people on the island they're probably going to run into each other at some point again it's someone's friend or someone's family member that you know you're going to meet that person it's like again five
2: degrees of yeah.
3: like
2: acquaintance you know so
3: like i was amazed the speed limits out there are pretty slow they're like
0: f- yeah 45 55 <laughs> they're like on the freeway and we're
3: like we could easily do this at 80 in yeah. la but you're there and everyone is everyone is going 55 miles and an hour is, and it, nobody's trying to cut in and it out. wasn't
2: it kind of like you didn't want to though because you what didn't I either
3: everyone just was chill it was just like
2: it we're all like, we're yeah. all going
3: the same place the yeah. same speed and it's relaxed nobody honks their horn you no. will never hear a horn i've only been and in if Hawaii you do once. it's like oh my gosh yeah. what happened <laughs> your hand must it have, have, slipped to off have been the, to avoid yeah. an accident yeah. or someone hit it on accident like because it doesn't happen and i would assume it's probably quite a big insult to honk at someone mm. in that kind of yeah. area it's- but i kind of brought that back with me coming back here and now you know i'm trying to integrate it into my riding approach and i'm not i it's definitely not there 100% of the time. I still will go into my old approach, but I call it riding Hawaiian or if I'm driving a car, I'm just going to drive Hawaiian today and I'm just like chill. You know, it's like I keep, sometimes I'll keep tabs on a few more cars just so that I'm not having to stay way ahead of traffic, but like I'll just chill out or find a lane that like people aren't using. If I'm already on time and I'm getting somewhere, fine. I'm like, I'll just, I'll drop my speed, Five miles an hour you yeah know, and I've, I've even found just going from 80 miles an hour when no one's around drop it down 75 even though no one's around I can feel like the relief right in my body I feel better mm-hmm. I feel more relaxed
0: yeah that's five miles an hour you don't ha- more that you don't have to think about like every you know every five or ten miles an hour you have to think that much further ahead and uh, I've been only to hawaii one time and yeah i was surprised a at how slow the state speed limits are mm-hmm. but also the fact that i never i i saw a crash and the it was one of my family members <laughs> that was the only crash but other than that like yeah everyone is so chill there's never even with the amount of tourists like you would mm-hmm. think like oh my oh, yeah, god it's packed for natives this and like people residents, will wait
3: forever They're just like, it's fine. That car will go eventually, and they'll just sit there and wait. I'm
0: going to the beach, like... I'm going to be on the beach all damn day after I wait 20 minutes for a car. So here in L.A.,
3: 20 minutes feels like half yeah.
2: my meeting well, is see, half that's, of my plus productivity. Well, because
3: you have another 20 minutes you're going
2: to have to wait after that. There right. you go. Another 20 well, minutes. Well, see, that's like, the thing is like when Dame was telling me about this, I was like, okay, number one, that's fucking awesome. I love that mindset. But then number two, I was like, okay, how do I integrate that into my commute? Dude. Because the situation – like if you're surrounded by the beach, if you look to the left of you or you know that like five minutes away there's the ocean because you're on a freaking island – I think, like, when I went to Hawaii, I got off the plane, and I was just like, like, uh, chill. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so, for me, I think it was just the environment. It just really does mellow you out. Yeah. and. The thing is is like how I'm trying to figure out like the formula to making that in LA because we need everything to paint, is more packed buildings in.
0: green. Every there's <laughs>
2: tons of homeless people. There's lots of disparity. There's a, a lot of hopelessness hey, and just anger. pretend you're at
0: the urban beach <coughs> and like those are surfers laying out on the side of the street working on their tan.
2: <laughs> yeah, right? but I mean it's hard because like this week I had to visit a school and the school was literally Next to the projects, like it's like on the yard where the kids are playing, they're in the projects. Like you look out from the fence, and the kids could see the projects, and there's just you know the projects have a lot have a lot of issues with like over policing and like violence and gangs and different things like that. And so I see people just driving recklessly around this school and stuff. So I'm just like okay. How do I, like, maintain that peaceful energy but, like, not get killed? Because I find that when I've slowed down in my writing and my – people around
0: you don't?
2: Yeah, exactly. And it becomes more dangerous because then I'm just like, holy fuck. Like, these people are cutting me off. They're getting pissed off at me. And so it's just this really tight rope that I'm walking that it's just like okay I can't be too aggressive that I endanger my life but then I can't be too mellow because if I start to like mellow out and I'm enjoying my ride I've had people get mad at me when I was going the speed limit and cut me off and cross and rise in the, in the You're like, I'm
3: still going to pass you yeah, ahead I, dude I, exactly. I might be going slower than you right now but I'm going to be miles yeah. ahead of you
2: <laughs> and I was in the carpool lane and it was like a Saturday morning and I was chilling uh. and it like there wasn't a lot of traffic and this person got pissed off that so, I was well, like they
3: want every inch they can get because yeah. they already have nothing so if like one car length of space opens up they're like on it yeah they're in that space it doesn't matter that they got there and had to stop immediately yeah so you know? for me
2: i think the, the what i and this is what ashley is trying to do too is just like especially in la in this area like getting more people interested in scooters and motorcycles and two two-wheeled vehicles because i think that it will make people happier it will lighten the load of traffic and like it'll make it more safer because if you imagine there's more motorcycles on the road, I don't know if anyone's seen those videos like in Vietnam or in um, Southeast Asia. There will be like 150, 300 scooters on the roads. Yeah. And, they're scooters. And, and they're the, totally yeah. fine. And they're totally fine. And there's they're...
0: not even like a lane that they're necessarily No, in. they're just <laughs> going
3: wherever they want. None <laughs> yeah. of them touch each other. It's like,
2: like this controlled amazing. chaos. Speak of,
0: speaking of like drones, right, flying around. Yeah,
2: and so and the the vibe there is different from what I've been told. Like my friend went to um, Japan and Vietnam, and she was just like, there were motorcycles everywhere, and every, like the cars, because there were so many bikes – the car, it became part of car drivers' um, reality because, like in LA, there's motorcycles, but it's a lot less. It's almost
0: like an encounter with the raccoon, right?
2: Because well, there's not a lot of raccoons. <laughs> a tarantula, maybe. There you go. Um, but it's just like it's like the bra- brave ones that will brave it, you know? Mm-hmm. Because it is. It's I've had. I can't tell you how many times I've had somebody approach me and I have close friends who live up north who's like, they're like, I don't like riding the freeways when I come down to visit you because it's just like stressful.
4: Yeah. So,
2: but the thing is like, like in Southeast Asia, it's very compact. You have like in China, there's like, what, how many millions of people? One,
0: (laughs) at least, at least that we know of.
2: Right. So if you see all of these scooters on the road and it just, it's something that you're used to, I think that. They'll just start to be more aware of it, and you'll have more people that you know on on them, you know. So,
0: so our next thing is to get more people to buy bikes.
2: That's exactly what I'm trying to do. Is just like when somebody tells me they're like, "Oh yeah, I've always been thinking about getting a bike." I'm like, "Do it!" Do so it. many do people,
3: it. <laughs> I get that all the time. Like so many coworkers, it's like, and it feels like it's more than a majority of the people I know are interested in motorcycles, yep. and it's felt like it's just too foreign that they it's not approachable for them that they don't have the means to learn like i had no idea how to ride a motorcycle i didn't grow up with motorcycles my brother tried to teach me it didn't end very well (laughs) His, his teaching style was uh yeah, you just let the clutch out and give it gas. <laughs> That's like like how okay, I and Ashley. I would like drop the clutch. <laughs> That's and how you. Yeah. Just like
2: you did not teach me very well. <laughs> That's
3: he taught you to do a wheelie actually. If uh, that bike could wheelie, yeah. yeah. But no, it would just die every yeah. time, and it was air cooled, so it got very hot by the fortieth time I had dumped the clutch, and it just shut I was gonna say off. the clutch
0: was probably like not liking it either. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, but I
2: think like.
3: Oh my god, you guys. And with that,
2: this show <laughs> is a wrap. Did I do that? Oh my, that was... oh my God.
0: Oh my god! going
2: out with a bang.
0: That is, that is. All right. Well, hey, Dang, thanks for coming and hanging for probably longer than you wanted to in a Crazy Guy's yeah, Garage. Thank you,
2: Dame. I appreciate you yeah. for coming out. Thanks for having totally me. Awesome. I hope
0: you have a safe ride home. Jay, Slay Jay, thanks for bringing the heat tonight with the. Uh... <laughs> thanks <you. laughs> for. Thanks for bringing the heat tonight. With the beans.
2: Yeah. Sorry, you guys. No more talking talk
0: Bell. <laughs> oh, boy. And then, uh, as usual, check us out on all the socials. Creative Writing uh, podcast gmail.com is where you can reach us. Um, we will be announcing, if I haven't already done it in this show, the winners of the Sacramento Mile tickets. And uh, anything cool you want to say? The
2: Motorcycle Podcasters Challenge. Yeah y'all it's on like donkey kong i hope you're ready i'm ready
0: like, all right let's get this done <laughs> let's do it this year creative writing all right You sent
2: you sent the mileage
0: right yeah well my facebook wasn't opening but i sent it i think i got it yeah, in i hope before you time. sent it i did not open <laughs> <laughs> okay well we won't be disqualified but yeah my i was trying to open facebook three different uh Different profiles wouldn't open, so hope I I texted Why do you them. Have three different profiles.
3: Wow, make a, That's
0: another episode. I need to stay as anonymous as possible. The government might hear this podcast and know where to reach me. Alright everybody. anybody got anything cool to uh, finally to say after No? After this whole motorcycle awareness No. Bright headlights. Alright. Alright. With that we're up.